dead morgues and hospitals has concluded that the unburied dead are coming back to life and seeking human victims. Bodies must be carried to the street and, and, and burned. They must be burned immediately. Soak them with gasoline and burn them. Everyone that dies should become one of them. If you are bitten, you will just become one of them that much sexually explicit content and more irony than is allowed for single episodes. In the last several years, distributors of obscenity have expanded into new areas, employing new technologies and reaching new audiences. Neither our constitution, our courts, our people, nor our respect for common decency and human suffering will allow this trafficking in obscene material. Cinema PsyOps which exploits women and men alike to continue. Sharing filth-laden desires on mic to warp the brains of listeners until they are all demented deviants. Current federal laws are being violated, and thus I am committed to redoubling the federal effort to ensure that those criminal elements who are trafficking in obscenity are pursued with a vengeance and prosecuted to the hill. The fact that society is becoming much more open now, uh, less repressed, and I think there's less need for... Cinema PsyOps. Without dignity, they shout into the void in a vain attempt to be loved. Living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on Wi-Fi, it's inconceivable what it must be like to be a young adolescent now with this kind of access to... Cinema PsyOps. It must be dizzying and exciting, but corrupting in a way that we can't even think about. A pirate ship with a tattered flag, sailing across seas of questionable movies while firing cannons of disdain. Cinema PsyOps. Long may she sail. Hello and welcome to Cinema PsyOps. About seven to ten minutes late and then demanding 20 minutes to finish his fucking notes is Matt. I'm clumsy. You want to explain to the people at home what you did, but also leave out things that may be incriminating that could cause you to lose your gainful employment? Yes, I spilt water all over my notes. (laughs) And that's all. And that's all. That's all that got spilled water upon it. There's, oh, nothing else happened. So you fuck up, what, the last page and a half of your notes? Pretty actually the last four pages of my notes. Okay. So I did a lot of rewatching before coming here. <laughs> and then I just got down that last twenty minutes and then my wife showed up to pick me up from 
And so I had to go. So I'm like, I'm just going to have to ask court for the last Uh-oh. 20 minutes. Uh-oh. You let out part of the reason why <laughs> thing that you shouldn't have said. Oh. You were watching the last 20 was, minutes was, before your yeah, wife yeah, came yeah. to take right, you here. Right, right, right before my wife said, we got to go. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Just There's no other part of this that's been cut out. So go fuck yourselves. Uh, you have no proof of anything no that Matt may or may not have done. The last 20 minutes was the thing that you didn't have. Yeah, you exactly. You just didn't get it finished. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, why don't you have your notes done again? Because <laughs> they were done, and then they went away. <laughs> well, that's like if I have it on my phone. I've started doing it on Google Docs, so it's at least saved to the internets. Yeah, I'm so I could read it off of something else. That. Yeah. Well, and I did it just because you saw the neat little foldable keyboard that I bought that hooks up to my phone, and it's just been more convenient that way. I've actually really liked it. So Nice. Yeah, and the paper thing, I just, I had so many fucking notebooks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, and it, until I developed the hobby of making paper logs, the notebooks just seemed like, what else am I going to do with how, these? How many trees are we killing for this show? <laughs> A lot. Plenty. <laughs> Plenty of trees die. Well, the whole entire studio, the electricity is provided by a giant wood furnace that just burns. Yes. And then that generates the electricity. But yeah, anyway, uh, with my notes. Entirety of rainforest up in smoke (laughs) to make this show happen. But as what happened with my notes, uh, what officially happened was Thanos snapped his fingers and half my notes died. (laughs) Didn't die, just blinked out of existence. Just blinked out of existence. Yeah, there you go. And by Thanos, you mean your clumsy ass knocked over a cup of water. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. I was hoping to avoid that part, but no, that's fine. Can we not just blame Thanos for shit and just get on with our lives? We're not really talking about no, that shit no. tonight. No, we're not cape shit. That's not the podcast that we are. We're not, we're not, we're not dudes and chicks who wear capes <laughs> podcast. I mean, only in our private times. Yeah. yeah in the that, fuzzy fun times. It's the fuzzy fun times and the alone times and the night times. Yeah. Now we're here to talk about the Romero films for the zombie movies. Maybe the most commercially successful Romero zombie movie. Not maybe, is. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The other one's probably made back more from less of an investment. This is the most mainstream. Yes. It is the most interfered with by studio execs poking their fingers in. Why would you do that? I mean, I really want to sit down with a studio exec whose fingers got into this movie, whatever movie, where you know it obviously made it worse from the director's vision and go, why? Money. Yeah. Money? They think they know better. They're executives who are fucking probably huffing up cocaine like there's no tomorrow. They're all the failed movie people who never got to harassing and or raping their actors and actresses because they're Hollywood fucking executives. That's what they can get away with. This this entire film just reeks of studio interference and compromise, compromise, compromise. And we'll get into it as we go. But watching it now after watching them all in a row, and I don't think it's Romero fatigue. I think it's, I can clearly tell a demarcation point and what that demarcation point represents to me with Land of the Dead, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. And even my wife had some things to say about this same type of feeling. And I'm kind of bummed out about this all. I, and I think you're right because I have a very different feeling upon watching. I've watched now Land of the Dead in the last five days. I've watched it now six times. Yeah. And I, I watch it once every 4th of July. Yeah. For obvious reasons we'll, we'll get into. But for this movie, and typically when I'm doing notes on a movie, I'll watch a movie multiple times. If I'm not, I'll watch it once, maybe twice if I really enjoyed it and kind of really got into it. Yeah. But with the Romero flicks, no matter what, when even night and day, the notes you did, I watched all of them multiple times just because I love these movies. Yeah, I'm and, just, I'm kind of glad I didn't have to do the notes for it because I feel like the snarky, hate-filled shit that was popping into my head yeah. while I was watching it would have transferred over to my notes and yeah. the film deserves 
deserves better than that. And I, I put in some decent notes. And and I'm glad I'm doing this one and you're doing Night of the Living Dead, the 90s version. Yeah. Because I, I have problems with that one. Oh, really? Yeah, and I feel like my snarkiness was going to come out with that. Well, so. it's, it's good that we switched them up then. And, yeah. I'm, and I don't want to make it sound like, like I hate this movie or that I don't like it. It's just that this time around, after watching all of them in a row and then coming to this one with this week, it felt different to me than it's ever felt before watching it. And that's really bummed me out. And we watched the unrated version of it that is supposed to be Romero's cut of it, supposedly. Yeah. This is the final thing that I'm going to say before we just actually get into the actual movie itself. It just reeks of compromise left and right yeah. and of half-hearted deals made to get it made. Yeah, I agree. Which is not Romero and I'm not used to it. And I think that's the thing that bums me out the most about it mm-hmm. is that regardless of what I feel about any of his other films, they never felt compromised to me. Yeah. And if they did feel compromised, it was he didn't have enough money, not mm-hmm. someone was breathing down his neck to make him do it this way. <laughs> well, the executive producers of this show are now telling me that we need to wrap this up and move on to our next break because <laughs> they're in charge. So that's exactly what we're about to do. Wrong I'm going to fucking pl- move. I'm going to play the Legion Patreon ad for the Legion Podcast Network. We'll have a little bit of music befitting of Land of the Dead. I was going to go with the score, but that's yet another thing that I really didn't like when it was isolated out of the movie. You know, me too. Yeah. And we're going to come back with the sizzle reel chopped down version of the trailer. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
I suppose with the deads walking around, ripping people to shreds, being all CG when they do it. <laughs> I mean, it kind some. of is a party for the dead men. Sort some of. Some CG, some not, but still. Yeah, some CG, some practical. But you know what's definitely not practical, though, Matt? What's that? This trailer. Oh, I can tell by the lines. Coming to get you, Barbara. The unburied dead are coming back to life, seeking human victims. We don't know how many of them there are. Do you think we'll be able to defeat these things? We don't really know. And moving toward the city. There's nothing there, man. They're communicating. They're thinking. George A. Romero's Land of the Dead. Zombies, man. Creep me out. So it's basically just a scissor reel, that trailer. Yeah, pretty that's, much. That's all it was. And then they had a few lines in the movie, but the rest of it was like, check out this action. Yeah. With this vaguely Marilyn Manson sounding droning industrial guitar of. It's not Romero. Like that was a trailer. Yeah. That doesn't build suspense or make you feel scared. No, it's fucking a Resident Evil trailer for what should be a George Romero movie. Yeah, exactly. All right, but I don't want to get all down about this, but let's begin. I do. I know you do. Because I'm fucking down. Anyway, we start with actually what I thought was a cool intro. I've always felt this was a cool intro. Uh, You had that classic universal, uh, you know, with the plane flying around it, you know, just trying to, it was trying to use the retro train back in time. Yeah. The time when these were, you know, when like Night of the Living Dead was first released. Well, that that actual logo goes further back than that. But yeah, yeah, they're they're tying it into the black and white before they actually go in. And somebody did that like a third party credit maker made that. Yeah. Like cut the audio together and just kind of like it's a nice way to say for the people that haven't been in the George Romero's zombie universes before to bring them in and kind of get them an idea of what it's like and how the world has dwindled down. Yeah. And then it also sets up just how bad it actually gets by doing this intro too. Yes. And truth be told, I used a lot of that audio in yeah. the intro I did for a the show. A lot of the yeah. audio you guys hear at the beginning of the show is the same as the intro for this. Yeah, but I put yeah. other stuff over top of it obviously, but and yeah. Then, and then ending with many people are holding up in large cities and then going off into smaller communities around them and looting them like thieves. Which at this point, I'm like, are there any such thing as thieves anymore when basic order is down and there is no USA? It depends upon how classic do you want to get in your opinion of it but if you look at these people that are raiding these smaller towns to you they are thieves yeah that's true if you're a classist piece of shit <laughs> uh, alright well we come to a small town and I'm going to call it small town of the dead because that's all that's there it's the dead also we- Uniontown for people who are keeping track which is not too far north of Pittsburgh oh there you go and I believe that is the town that Martin was shot in Ah, and yes I this think. all takes place in the Pittsburgh area and then these smaller surrounding towns it's amazing how much it looks like Canada, Pittsburgh. Yeah, right? It's amazing. It's a, isn't it amazing? Yes. <laughs> uh, we uh, see a nice band of zombies uh, in a nice little gazebo. So you can tell this is small town America. It's got a gazebo, all that shit. This intro where the camera comes craning down over the sign that says Eats, yeah. and you just hear the tuba player in the background where the mm-hmm. guy's like trying to play the tuba. Yeah. And at first you don't know what it is, and then they come in on the band, and then you see him blow the tuba again, and he's just kind of like standing there, and he looks all sad and remorseful. Yeah. That shit was quite a 
effective. And this felt like what you would expect from a Romero movie. Like yeah. this intro felt like it in the pacing and everything. And I think it's because it's all one continuous crane shot. Yeah. They couldn't cut it up the way that, that they normally were doing with everything else in the yeah. movie. And we see, you know, uh, more fam- there were one person, one zombie will always see throughout the movie is tambourine zombie who's just smacking his tambourines. Then you have a uh, uh, trombone zombie and he can't even get his trombone into the gazebo. So he's fucking with that. So he's fucking with the band. Pretty much the tuba and the the, the, the other zombie are, are really doing this up fine. The tambourine zombie. Sure, I suppose <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I'm just saying. Although the tambourine zombie put his hand through the tambourine long ago. Yeah. And all he's really doing is it looks like he's fisting his tambourine. Well, let which him. Which kind of turned me on. Let him fist his tambourine. Clip. Clip. <laughs> uh, then we cut to a nice couple zombie. A young man and a young woman. And they're holding hands, walking. So I it, thought they died in a motorcycle crash. Yeah, that's something that I could see. And then they just joined hands and walked away, you know, from, from whatever crash. That or, you know, they both were just able, because they're both pretty well intact. They're both just barely able to get away, but maybe got bit and locked themselves in a room and then both turned together. Or maybe they just took pills to kill themselves and died holding yep. hands and then yep. they woke when, up and they just kept the thing going. Yep, when it looked like it was going to, when it was all over. That's yeah. even a better one than I was thinking. And so. they're still relatively fresh, so I yep. would say that once it looked like everything, all hope was lost or they ran out of food, they took that option. Yeah. And then somehow they got out, like they both remembered how to get out of their yep. stronghold Prob- or whatever. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, they they are together and we're, and as the mail steps on like one of those uh, the, at the gas stations, little tubes that sends off the bell, we see Big Daddy comes walking out uh, and he comes out to act like he's going to go fill up a car with gas because that's what you do when the bell rings. You know, he grabs the gas thing and he kind of starts gas pump. He starts looking around and then we come to, we see our main character somewhat uh, in the human form, I would guess, is Riley and he's there with a rookie and they are kind of spying on him. Uh, the rookie goes, uh, these guys, uh, he goes, they're trying to act like us and Riley says, well, they are us and that's when he makes the says they're just pretending to be alive and Riley makes a statement. He's like, well, what do you think we're doing? Was this so. guy already the fucking mentalist by the time this got made? No, not yet. Okay. No, the mentalist came much later. Okay, so it would have yeah. been fair to say that the mentalist was Riley before <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Before he was the mentalist. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was Riley before the mentalist, yes. Okay, I don't remember what I had seen him in before this then that I would have recognized his face before the movie came out. I think I saw him in something too, but I can't remember. I think this is one of his first major lead actor roles, though. Oh, I would say, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, one of the things I wanted to note as well, the way that the zombies are behaving, the actual like stored memories or reacting to sense memories, they really kind of drill it home on the nose when he has the Pavlovian response to a literal bell Yes, to go fill up the gas. Yep. And then the other two are just kind of walking around and they're aimlessly kind of what looks like repeating a cycle of something that they just kind of remember. Well, they, they probably in their days, because it's probably their town, and in their days of being in love, they probably loved walking together, you know? Sure. Especially if this is supposed to be this is supposed to look like a quaint little town, you know? Right. So, you know, not a whole lot to do other than maybe to walk around and all that kind of stuff. Possibility, but I don't know how quaint it can be in Pennsylvania. Well, yeah. I'm <laughs> saying what they're trying to project. Especially in the uh, mountains, they're probably losing a lot of space for quaint. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, they're probably trying to project it to us. <laughs> I know. I get it. And it's uh, clearly not Uniontown, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's, it's in way too good a shape to be Uniontown. <laughs> Even in the apocalypse, that place is in too good a shape. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. The apocalypse came to Uniontown like 20 years before this movie was made. <laughs> 
anyway, Big Daddy looks up and he can actually see Riley and the rookie, and he knows they're there, and he alerts the others who start stalking after them. So they, you know, make good and kind of rush off with a grunt. He's got this yeah. specific like ordering, uh, bossing around grunt. Yeah, and depending upon the inflection of the grunt, the zombies respond accordingly. And and then well, he'll grunt. They look, and then he oh, he's kind of has like a nod to you know look at shit or what to do, and then they know what to do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like military symbols where yeah. you know they point at the eyes, and then I'm watching you or some shit like that. Big Daddy runs the house, man. Well, he's a he's a caretaker basically yeah. is what they they set him up to be. And I really feel like if we would have seen the Ben Hur script, that this would be basically what Bob the Zombie would be doing in Day of the Dead. Yes, if we would have gotten the budget for that, this is the sort of thing where he actually is taking care of them and trying to direct them away from the human establishments and just let them live whatever on life they can live. And as a kind of a topsy-turvy thing where before this, all three of Romero's films always had that uh, African-American lead actor who was kind of like the hero in all three movies and either made it all the way to the end before dying or just made it all the way to the end and lived. Right now, are the say there is still an African-American hero in this movie. He's just not alive. He's just a member of the dead. Yeah, because by this time, George's allegiances have shifted from humans to the zombies yes his full-on sympathetic side towards the zombies has become clear here. Well, it's because the zombies film. aren't running off of evil intentions. Do uh, uh, They're killing humans, yeah, but they, I mean, they don't think it's wrong. It's for food, you know? They're just trying to live their own lives at this point. Well, as every movie tells us before this, you know, in some way, shape, yeah. or form, and then as obvious as this one gets, they are us. They're just a less perfect version of us, and they're just trying to live and trying to eke out a life and pretend like they're still alive, which is what Simon Baker's character says says whenever the kid mentions that. Exactly. Yeah, well, and you know, they're probably better, you know, less perfect than us. Hell, they may be more perfect. They don't scheme. They don't backstab. They don't kill each other. One of them schemes, but not in the way of fucking all of his friends over. Though. Yeah, yeah. He schemes in a way of helping all of his friends. Right. He's, he's all progressive and liberal. With yeah. Fucking zombie. He's like, I want to help everyone. And we're like, hey, this is the United States and we're not having that. You all right? take your zombie socialism and you get the fuck out. We don't help people around here. Pull your stuff up by bootstraps. Anyway, we come to a trash dumping scene by another group led by Cholo. Uh, we see as they're dumping up the trash, uh, blood is coming out of the trash boxes. So, And right as they're doing that, Cholo does say the trick is to not get in with it, which yeah. means when they're moving that last heavy-ass box, he knows what's in there. He's yeah. fully aware of it. He's, he's probably, cognizant of it, and he is part of it. He's probably put whatever is in there in there. Yeah, they do hint at he has been basically a low-level enforcer to get rid of troublemakers yes. for this particular group. Uh huh. Riley and the rookie are walking back, and the kid sees a disfigured person in the shadows. He aims his gun, but it's just Charlie, Riley's right hand man. And he goes, You need to get with that kid? Because I'm real good with mine. And he brings out a six shooter. In the kid's defense, Charlie's walking all zombie fucking life. Yeah, yeah. And also stalking in the shadows. And, he has, and Charlie's half his face is burnt off. So. And you don't really hear Charlie until he steps on something to yeah. make his presence known. And the way that he's walking, I would have pulled on him too and been like, whoa, not a not a fucking zombie. Okay, cool. First of all, Riley's like, don't be so jumpy, kid. It's like, dude, have you like no offense. I'm sorry, Charlie, but have you seen him? I mean, come on, he's in the shadows. At least announce yourself. That's not being jumpy. I call that being reactionary, man. Gotta keep your head on a swivel. Jumpy if he would have tried to kill Charlie. Yeah, yeah. He pulled on it, waited to see to make sure he did everything right. I think so. I think they're just I don't know. Uh, They're just just giving the rookie some shit, you know. I think it's just a way to introduce Charlie. 
Charlie and get a fucking cheap ass jump scare out of it. Exactly. Uh, Riley radios to light the sky with fireworks. And this is when we get our first sight of Dead Reckoning, an awesome vehicle, and uh, they are launching fireworks in the sky. The code for that is put flowers over the cemetery. Put put flowers in the grave or something like that. Put flowers in the cemetery. Yeah, right. Or over the cemetery. And Charlie mentions that uh, those are sky flowers for God, uh, which Riley replies, that's why I love you, Charlie, so you still believe in God. You get the idea here that definitely Charlie is a developmentally challenged man. Yes. And that he may have the mind of a child, but at the same time, he doesn't miss a lick and he's quite sharp. Yes. It's just that maybe he's developmentally challenged in some way, shape, or form. And maybe in some way, shape, or form, instead of just being developmentally challenged, he's fundamentally innocent. Tomato to model. Yeah, that. yeah, you, you, that's not so bad. You're kind of right there. <laughs> anyway, Cholo then shows up and that becomes our very first clip. Nice driving. Riley, looks like God's left the phone off the hook, huh, baby? Hey, go get my rack. Get yours, too. Somebody look like shit, man. Did I tell you not to bang chicks with problems worse than you? When are you going to listen to me? You done? I'm never done, baby. Why? Town's full of walkers. Yeah, but every town's full of walkers. Oh, these guys, they're not just walking. It's like they're communicating. They're thinking. And there's something going on. What the dumb, Riley? What the hell? Dead folks is near as dumb as me. You learned to make yourself useful, didn't you, Charlie? Yeah. Uh, that's what they're doing. Make yourself useful. You don't got one redeeming defect, do you, son, huh? You got this, I oh, got you this. you got that, you got, you got that, too. Come on, let's get to work before I forget what it is I do for a living. Come hey, on. Hey, Cholo, I'm talking to you. What? Things are changing. Just be careful. We go in, we do our job, and we get the fuck out of there. Everyone alive. Now, you take a man of this unit, you can run it any way you like. But tonight, it's my last night out. I don't want any fuck-ups. Oh, see, that's what it's about, huh? Well, you're not going to dump these recycled delinquents on me. I don't want to take a man. You know what? Tonight's my last night, too, baby. Hey, you. Give me a little nose picker. I've been with Riley all day painting the town beige. I'm going to show you how it's done. Come on. What do you do? Win the lottery or something? Something. How come you guys always go out at night? Want to be safe in the daytime? Fireworks, kid. They just can't keep their eyes off of you. And that is a fact, because the dead are all just mesmerized on the fireworks show that's going on as a group all rides through town. Like, they are literally riding past them in motorcycles, and the dead will not take their eyes off the fireworks, won't even reach for them. That's that- because your patriotism makes it to where people can ramshot all over you and take your shit. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Uh- <laughs> that's why I watch this every 4th of July. Your yeah. nationalism, your patriotism, your supposed love for your your country allows you to be used and abused by the people that tout that patriotism and bring it out and parade it in front of you by blowing up chunks of the sky saying how fucking great we are while meanwhile you're looking up at the sky they're reaching their hand right in your fucking pocket and taking everything celebrate your birth of your country by blowing up a small piece of it yeah yeah i mean i'm being as blatant and fucking abrasive about this as i feel the movie is with that point i you're very right it's got all the subtlety of a ball peen hammer to the temple with that symbolism yes now all the dead are you know mesmerized by this but of course except for big daddy who's completely ignoring it because he's woke yes he took the pill he took he's woke (laughs) and as big daddy tries to warn the others and push them down he witnesses we have a cheerleader zombie who gets fucking spiked right in the head by an american flag yep uh and then as he tries to dump another guy he's holding him kind of by his head and uh the 
bikers shoot the guy until it cuts off his neck and then Big Daddy's just holding the head. He realizes he has to put the head down and stomp on him, you know, putting the zombie out of its misery. And then, like Bub did, he screams in a, in a guttural pain. The one thing that the actor Eugene Clark, who plays Big Daddy, does, and I would mm-hmm. say probably the most redeeming thing about the picture, is Eugene Clark's portrayal of Big Daddy. Yeah. He shows empathy, concern, and every emotion that his character is apparently going through on his face so easily to the point where he finally screams in pain you just realize that that bubbles over the surface with his character yes because everything on his face where he is terrified for the, his friends basically mm-hmm. the, his fellow zombies the people that he's trying to take care of he's literally shoving some of them out of the way throwing himself into danger and he can get some of them out of the way and some of them that he can't and the last guy he grabs his head because he's literally trying to throw him to the ground to save him yeah yeah but that's what's shoot, happening but they shoot the, the fuck bullets. out of him and blow his fucking neck off yeah the yeah. blow it's catch his neck and so he he knows he has to put him out of his misery because he's just a head now he can't do anything i kind of would have thought it would have been funny if he carried him around with him <laughs> just like come on pal let's go yeah you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. but i i get what he's saying like for a zombie that can't move that's like a horrible thing is just to be yeah, a head just to be a head man yeah. it's got to be terrible yeah it's probably one of the worst things ever yeah to because you're just there you just mm-hmm. exist and like all you can do is watch and one thing i want to say as we're cutting in because now we've seen a lot of zombies i really liked the zombie makeup work in this movie. I believe That's it was K&B. I really liked. I, I'm pretty sure the K&B did the effects on this. I was yeah. looking it up to try and see and I couldn't find it, but I wouldn't doubt that it's K&B. Or at least they had a hand in a lot of the practical stuff because yeah. it really feels like that type of work. And I liked the way they went. Like In Night of the Living Dead, of course, it was just black and white. And then in Dawn of the Dead, they were kind of, the dead were kind of bluish to, to a light greenish, if you ever saw. It was supposed to be like, you know, they're cold. Well, and, no, they were supposed to be gray. It's it just gray. the color timing wasn't The color right. timing, yeah, came all it came well it came out looking more blue blue and greenish yeah, because greenish. Of the color and time, then yeah. in day they really looked green well that was supposed to be part of the rot yeah they're rotting further along yeah. and in this one they really hit the, the thing on the head with especially if they're a caucasian zombie they were more gray and big daddy you know being a person of color he his was more about sunken in like they sunk in the cheeks and made it like made him look like you know more bone was getting ready to come out from the skin but i thought they did a great job on all the dead yeah the actual effects of the zombies especially the hero ones and we mm-hmm. haven't gotten to like my favorite effect out of the movie yet for a zombie but the actual physical effects on the zombies and when they do the physical effects for the gore are quite good yeah which I is mean, what makes the cg that much more frustrating you see the the baseball girl baseball bat girl is maybe she's one my of my favorite she's, she's my, my favorite absolute too. favorite in the movie how they did that effect to look that real is it's it just amazing there's a little bit of cg involved in that but primarily right. it is just really well done makeup okay, and and that's the cg i don't get bothered with because i can't tell that cg a lot you know what i mean there are some things in this movie that are so obviously cg that was so well done and amazing as they are looting the fireworks stop and now the dead are starting to come too and it's time to get the fuck out of town dead reckon riley calls it in and dead reckoning starts mowing uh, the shit out of zombies uh so much to the point that once again wasting bullets everywhere yes uh it, so much to the point where the rookie who's with Cholo now even states, I thought this was going to be a battle. It's a massacre. Because yeah, they can't stop Dead Reckoning. Nothing can. Cholo and his right-hand man, Foxy, and the rookie hit the liquor store. Because as he said, I think, what did he say? The bo- a bottle of wild turkey can go for what? 130 on the street? It was like 15,000, I thought he oh, said. Oh yeah, maybe. 
maybe even it's like fifteen thousand, yeah. which is another or issue. I thought, that, no, fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. Okay. Yeah, for a bottle of wild turkey. But yeah, I yeah. could also see it going for fifteen thousand in the apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Right. It technically says Kentucky bourbon. Oh, does he? he? Doesn't I, say turkey or. Anything I thought like he that. said wild turkey. No, he just says I'm, a bottle of Kentucky bourbon. Goes maybe that's for. always been in my head because I thought that's what he said in the movie theater. Yeah. Or that, or I just want some wild turkey. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. But that's another thing that I have a huge issue with, and it's something that uh, DZ from Cinema Diabolica brought up whenever I posted that I was watching this for the show. Why the fuck does paper money have any meaning to these people in the apocalypse? Exactly. I don't know. It really should not. Is that just, like, is money just still always going to mean something? Are we, it, it, maybe that's part of the commentary George is trying to make in this, is that we are so lost as a people to the almighty dollar that even when everything breaks down, we're still looking for it. It still means something to us. Or it's just another means of oppression. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, but yeah, but it's, somebody makes it seem important. Possibly, but like, I just don't see how actual paper money means anything. I really don't. Like, I don't see why paper money should mean anything to anybody when it's all about what goods and services you can procure. Yeah. You know, in an apocalypse, it should be more of a barter system. It really should. You know? But if it were, then the very ultra rich who inhabit Fiddler's Green would have really little no purpose. Yeah, I know. I just find it extremely frustrating and I can see where their economy would be based on the almighty dollar and there's only so many dollars so that makes them even more valuable or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think it's also that's maybe it's that's what you're exactly supposed to think. Well, geez, you guys are being dumb and then you realize, well, the people pulling all the strings are people who have nothing to barter except for money. Well, yeah, because people who have a lot of fucking money aren't worth anything other than the money that they're worth. Yeah, exactly. They got nothing else in their fucking life that means anything. They have no other like skills that could really help them live. They're just fucking rich and they're pampered Mm -hmm. and they're fucking spoiled and if you take that away from them they're not worth anything. They got nothing to measure their value or self-worth with. Take all that away from them and all they're good for is feeding something. (laughs) Yes, literally. (laughs) Eat the fucking rich zombies. (laughs) As they walk in they're going through stuff a zombie attacks and Cholo is able to kill it. He grabs champagne says that's what he's come for and as they're leaving he walks up to the front counter and he grabs a couple cigars and then funnily enough he we've talked about this before in the past you can obviously him look over the counter purposely dump cigars tell the kid to pick him up when the kid goes to pick him up his hand goes down and there is a stencher right there on the ground it grabs him by the hand and bites his hand yeah i think he set the kid up to get bit i think this was the last job that he had to do was get rid of this kid because i think the kid was working with the resistance as well oh so he was trying to infiltrate kaufman on the inside you think he specifically calls the kid out to work with him yes and pulls him away from simon baker's character of cigars yeah he purposely did that and we've already established that he's taking dead bodies out knowingly even though the film basically hints at it by the dialogue that he's delivering but i felt like this should have been the thing like after the kid got bit it should have been one of the thing where he's like and i took care of that other thing for you or something like that later on they never really give it a purpose other than cholo's just a careless asshole yeah what you kind of we've just inferred that this was one of the jobs he had to do exactly and and then the only thing that kind of takes me out of that is that when the kid comes out with his hand bit cholo looks sad about it like oh fuck i can't believe the kid got bit and then riley shows up right there and either that or he's trying to do an initiation thing where he's trying to get
get the kid to have to deal with a zombie yeah, by himself. Like we, we say maybe he looked over and saw the zombie. Maybe he didn't actually look over. He's just like, here, kid, you pick that up. You know, it, Either it, way, he dumped him in the wrong direction. He should have yeah. dumped him right in front of the kid or yeah. on the kid. Yeah. I mean, it's just the entire thing is just a fucking setup so someone could get hurt yes. on Cholo's watch so that him and Simon Baker could butt heads. And it's just fucking mm-hmm. lazy. Yes. The whole entire setup, the whole entire reason for if doing they it without any explanation is just fucking lazy. If you would have visited that later with Cholo talking to Kaufman stating, yeah, I took care of that kid too. Yeah. Then, then you'd be like, oh, okay, now I know why. And Kaufman going good, you know, a little bastard thought he can sneak into, you know, sneak into, you know, my stuff or whatever. Otherwise, the only reason that they did it is Cholo's an asshole and he wanted to make the kid go fish around a counter. Yeah. Which it, is completely stupid. Yes. Anyway, so as Riley is trying to calm the kid down, the kid grabs a gun from Riley's waistband and kills himself. Uh, Riley gets on the radio, says it's time to pack it up. Echoing the Dawn of the Dead thing where the kid just gives up. Yeah, exactly. Only this one oh, was bitten. Yeah, I mean, there was no coming back for this kid, so. It would have been better if the kid had not gotten bitten, but that interaction depressed him so much that he did the same thing where he just, yeah, he just, he like, just Kurt Cobain himself for the sake of it. Fuck this shit and just killed himself. Yeah, Kurt Cobain himself. Yeah, 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 exactly. Anyway, as they're all leaving, Big Daddy's able to grab a gun off the back of one of the bikers as they're driving away. Uh, as he watches them leave, he's pretty much screaming and he takes the gun and he kind of like realizes what it is in his mind and he holds it right for the first time and then that's when he looks at Dead Reckoning driving away and he slings it around his shoulder and he begins to follow and so do the rest of the dead. I always got the feeling that given the way that Big Daddy recognized the gun the minute he was holding it, I feel like that's his service station, like he actually does own it in the town and that he basically is the town's main mechanic guy, like he does all their their main, you know, mechanical work and stuff like that and then also is a gas station attendant where he's pumping gas for everybody. Well, you tell everyone knows him because it does not like the reason we call him Big Daddy is that's the tag on his jumpsuit says yeah. Big Daddy. Well, and it's so, also called Big Daddy's Auto. Yeah. So the I'm, gas stations. So. He's got a nickname. I'm sure the whole town know. Hey, you, you take your car to Big Daddy. He's the most trustworthy guy in town. He's going to get you fixed up. But I get the feeling that Big Daddy was retired military. Yes. And that he retired to this town and either bought the gas station or inherited it. And he's like the second Big Daddy or and, whatever. And you know, and you know he's like the town's Mr. Fix-It. Like, he's probably, yeah. like, anybody's like, oh, man, my furnace is out. Oh, you should call Big Daddy. He can take care of that right there for you. Yeah. He probably, you know, he's a jack of all trades. If it's under warranty, call the manufacturer. If yeah. it's not, call Big Daddy. Which is probably why he's more in tune and can command the other zombies. And while he's maybe the smarter of them is when you have that much knowledge, it's hard to all go away at the same time. The caring part of him that makes us also kind of believe that he would be like a the kind of dude that would just help you out to help you out. Yeah. And maybe just a general all Mr. Fix-It, the mm-hmm. way that he figures things out faster than everybody else, and the way that he's concerned with all of the other zombies so adamantly makes me feel like he is one of those, like, big dude about town, will help anybody yeah. out at any situation. Yeah. Everybody knows and loves Big Daddy. Yeah, you thing. didn't fuck around probably t- with anybody in his town. Like, you know, like, nobody, <laughs> no stranger was coming into town and fucking Big Daddy. Well, yeah, up, why, you know? else, why else would he yeah. be acting like that? He, he yeah. acts as, uh, we love to talk about this, and it's the thing that Romero does with the Westerns, but mm-hmm. he's basically basically the town sheriff yes who just so happens to be the town blacksmith the town or, or whatever mechanic, else yeah. T- yeah he's the town everything and he's probably the big like protector and he's just everyone knows him you know all that kind of shit so yeah, yeah. And, we're, and it's just unfortunate he why probably are we hang- got bit why are we hanging all this stuff no i bet you he died of a heart attack because he doesn't look anywhere like he got bit you, you again you could have died anyway you could see and that, come back you could see that him fighting the dead off whoever in his town then you know maybe you felt pain so he locked himself in a room and yeah just died there. Yeah, and then 
He yeah. heard the bell and comes out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, why, why are we wrapping all this around Big Daddy? We don't have too many other hooks to hang things on. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> in, in Out of all the characters, Big Daddy might be the most noble character. So now we cut to the city, and as the team gets back with the rookie's body, we come to our next clip. Shit happens, right? Only if you let it, Charlie. Life goes on at Fiddler's Green in the heart of one of America's oldest and greatest cities. Bordered on three sides by mighty rivers, Fiddler's Green offers luxury living in the grand old style. Dine at one of, dine at one of six fine restaurants. Look at that perfect gift in our fully stocked shopping Man, it sure did used to make it sound nice. Yeah. Still sounds nice to me. Not gonna be around no more. Come on, you little bitch. You can come up and party with me anytime you want. I hate going under the river. <laughs> Cholo. Get out of here, Foxy. Yeah. Back off, Riley. Just back the fuck off, because I'm not in the mood. Oh, you think that kid was in the mood? The look into the risk, man. He took the job like we all took the job, knowing the risk. Exactly, the job. You know what the job is, Cholo? It's to bring things in that people need, not to make a few extra bucks selling liquor on the street. What, you talking about this? This is for me and my new friends to celebrate. That's what that's for. Kid died out there on the street tonight so that you can fucking celebrate. Hey, Riley, you know what you remind me of? You remind me of my whole man. Nice guy, I loved him and all that, but he was a dumbass. Never went for anything, so he never had anything. What do you got, Riley? Nothing. I'm gonna have my own place, man. My own goddamn place. You're dreaming, Joe. They won't let you in there. They wouldn't let me in there with the wrong kind. Yeah, well, we'll see. Isn't it time? Isn't it your time? So, Cholo has his own ideas about what's going on in life now. Cholo goes to Mr. Kaufman's to bring the supplies, and he's accessing the green. He has to give up all his weapons to go in. Riley and Charlie go into the slums, for lack of a better word, of this protected city, and you can tell there's levels of protection. So when they first get in with Dead Reckoning, they are still across the river from the actual city, and they have to go underneath the, you know, the, the underground tubes for probably what was like trains and shit like that. I think those were service tunnels yeah. that went underneath because they didn't look like much more. Yeah. And it doesn't I know look they were like a running subway. on train tracks. It yeah. wasn't a subway. It was definitely yeah. train tracks. But it was train tracks, but it doesn't have like a subway thing. So it feels yeah. like it's just they would have like rail cars that would go back and forth to haul things. Yeah. Back and forth underneath the river. So there's one. And then so then they get into the city. And then they're all come around Fiddler's Green. Cholo goes in the green. And Riley then and Charlie exit that. And they still go through a metal detector and a bunch offenses and they have to show id riley gives his id to the guard he goes you know you need this to get back into the fiddler's green and riley says i'm i'm clocking out i'm not coming back so there's your still level of security even from common citizens to get into the green area metal detectors and all that shit so and also the protections against the dead become less and less as the further you get the out removal from safety as far as additional levels of safety yeah. the human beings are basically shields in this slum area yeah. If the fences fail and the zombies ever can come through the fences, they'll be they're done. Yeah, they're, they're so busy wasting away the the, the the slums that the rich people, the, the expendable building, people, and the rich people can get away through yeah. these other tunnels and these means that they have to get out. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, yeah, I just kind of want to set a picture here for everybody. Yeah. Riley, the symbolism is fucking obvious on this. Yes. Do we really even need to comment? We don't. I well, not the symbolism. I was trying to give everyone a, a map of the land. Right. But yeah. does but 
does everybody symbol, yeah does everybody get what we're talking about here with how the rich are super high up in their towers while everybody yeah. else lives in slums and are being exploited originally romero always wanted to do a film after day and wanted to do it about aids victims and that that being the thing like the dead would actually just be no longer a danger but a nuisance uh you know some are danger but most are so decrepit or anything they're just and, all around and then they yeah. just basically can't even move or overpower and, and you he, so even if they can walk they easily are knocked over yeah, yeah you're usually like he i remember hearing i think an interview where he talked about he was gonna make a script where people were pretty much even stepping over the dead like walking down the street fine and maybe there's like a zombie on the ground but it's so fucked up they don't even kill it they just step over it he wanted to use that as a message of how america treated the aids epidemic and people who are infected with aids is they just wanted to ignore them and and just they they don't exist yeah but the only problem with that is anybody who dies will still come back so you would still have to have fresh zombies yeah and then it would be an allegory for like just being infected yes you know i mean like there, the there idea was... the idea is interesting but it yeah. wouldn't have worked for much more than like a short film and then of course the 9-11 attacks happen and then the george bush era america of you know patriotism and we're gonna watch everything you do and terrorism and you can tell a lot of that had an effect on this script oh yeah and the safety I mean, of the people hiding in their lofty towers with all their security while everybody yeah. else is you know basically yeah. subject to whatever whims of a madman at, can get them at one point i think i have a clip of it dennis hopper says we don't negotiate with terrorists pretty much echoing what george w bush had been saying all those years leading up to that right and it's very clear that he's playing donald rumsfeld yes then dennis hopper even said that's who he took his inspiration from yeah for this was playing don uh, yeah donald rumsfeld yeah. although once we get to actual kaufman there's this person out there now that he's a lot more like than what we realize uh-huh yeah, yeah we didn't we didn't see it back then we probably should have been looking for it <laughs> but let's move on yes of course uh so riley uh charlie asked riley if he wants a drink he goes look at me you could tell i could use a drink which is an ongoing thing which yeah. makes me wonder just how much charlie was influenced by tom collin yeah m-o-o-n that spells yeah. good shot yeah right yeah yeah and then yeah with his just look at me you could you tell. tell whatever yeah, yeah whatever or just look at him you can tell but riley says you go he should go on without him and he needs to see a man for about a car which interests charlie and he follows we cut to uh a, a soldier telling a new recruit how the city is safe they have the three bridges into the city blocked off and then the rest of it is water and then there's one open area that's still open and they call that the throat where there's no electrical fences yeah the actual downtown part of pittsburgh is like that on a point yes it goes to the point like that when it's like three rivers basically yeah. but one river joins into the two that goes around the city at that point yes and so the throat that they're talking about is the main access over the main part of the land but everything else in downtown is like bridge fucking heavy or tunnel fucking heavy yeah um well they also state that the z's don't come around as often anymore like they know they can't get in but just as they say that one does try and is it's being electrocuted it is shot and killed by the worst shots ever they're right fucking there and it took like nine to ten fucking bullets to actually put it down again another complaint i have these people should be dead shots by this point to be able to even get up on that wall yeah i mean number one how did you make it this far being a that bad of a fucking shot either you were born and raised in that city and protected the whole time even during the outbreak or you you were carried on the back of every other survivor till you got to the city and probably backstabbed them all to get there or you're the director's daughter yeah or you're that <laughs> or you're or you're that was that was that george romero's daughter, daughter is yeah. that george who's shooting <laughs> yeah. that's great i didn't fucking know that that's his daughter that's yeah. awesome <laughs> 
It's her cameo. <laughs> no, I agree. Like they, I mean, her cameo is great for being the daughter of George Romero. Awesome. But she holds the gun wrong and they have her shoot like a billion times yeah. before the zombie actually like falls dead, even though it's being electrocuted and catches on fire. Yeah. The CG for the fire is terrible. The CG for the bullets is At terrible. At that point, are you worried that the bullets are going to cut into the electric fencing and fuck it up? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, don't you want like a good fucking marksman up on that fucking thing? Yeah. And someone who's up there that should be doing that shouldn't be shooting with a fucking automatic rifle. They should yeah. have a fucking sniper rifle. A sniper rifle or even just a regular old hunting rifle like Charlie has. Be <laughs> well, fucking perfect. Well, not everyone can be like Charlie with that kind of a rifle. No, no, no. Well, they would have to have a scope. Yeah. <laughs> but someone should have a scope, even if it is a somewhat automatic weapon, it should at least have a holographic sight to help them aim it more. And, and, and I always found that funny because they did that, though, for Riley. Cho- In fact, that whole entire team of Riley's for Dead Reckoning, all were dead shots. All were, you know, making it as long as they weren't, like, riding. Like, the motorcycle guys who were just shooting weren't exactly aiming. They were just kind of shooting. Right. Uh, but, like, when all the guys are stationary, they're all made perfect headshots. Well, Cholo has a one-shot but- modified fucking harpoon gun. Yeah. That he shoots, like, like modified arrows out uh-huh. of, basically. Or just, they're just sticks. He shoots fucking sticks into the brains and the eyes of zombies. Which, which is, and he's a dead shot with yeah, it. Yeah, which is not a bad... At first, when I first saw this movie, the first time, I'm like, with all those guns, you choose that? I mean, I think you're trying to be cool and sacrificing your safety. But then more to think about it, what if the city fell and Cholo's out there? He has the gun that can shoot fucking sticks. That means as long as he's in the forest, he's got fucking weapons. Sort of, but yeah. he's <laughs> and, he, and he has all of those things and he could go back and retrieve them if he really wants to and they're yeah. reusable. Yes. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, that's actually a pretty fucking badass weapon now. Yeah, yeah. And blades don't need reloading. It's that yeah. whole thing again. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But anyway, they're all good, but yeah, so why are you letting the rookie... Uh, if you're going to have a rookie... She's the director's daughter. Yeah, I know, but Jesus Christ, they should have had her be a crack shot then. <laughs> Just take it, take out the zombie, you're done. Like the other guy tries to do it, and then she like she does like a Roger thing and hits his rifle up, and then one shot, yes, one that's kills what it. They, that's what it should have been. She should have been telling him however... Or no, she still could have been the rookie, but that guy is still such a bad shot. She's like, get the fuck out of here, and hits him in one shot. <laughs> like, Yeah, no. it's just, it's weird, and it's, why would you... I, I, I don't know. I think it's because they already did the CG shot shit for it, and then they I just guess. filled this in later. Maybe. I, it's just such a weird. Uh, uh, and like it's in just many frustrating. Things, Everything many about this movie, movie is frustrating. That just makes no sense. <laughs> it's just frustrating, and it's just there. But it's also her cameo, so I forgive. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, we cut to a man uh, named Mulligan, and he's trying to bring the poor people together to rise up against Kaufman and the rich. Uh, pretty much stating how you know they're wow, giving an us Irish the guy that wants to unionize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never would have thought that would happen. Never would have didn't see that coming. <laughs> Uh, he wants, he states how he used to work with Riley, bringing in Kaufman's stuff. And he's, he talks to Bringing Ra- in toothpicks for the bastards to pick at their gums with. Yes. Good Lord, George. What are you thinking? <laughs> and as he wants Riley to join them, but Riley states that as Mulligan sees those fences and thinks that it keeps the dead out, he sees those fences and just thinks it's there to keep them in. Yeah. Where yeah. you see a wall, the wall's not there to keep yeah. them out. It's to keep us in. Yeah. Riley just wants to be free. Gee, how does that fit? Because mm-hmm. we had George W. Bush talking about border security and a wall. Yep, yep. And now we have somebody else that jumped on that fucking thing and is using it to justify people that are put into camps with concentration. He needs such a big wall because he has a little penis. <laughs> yes. 
I mean, that's why you need such a big wall. But those fences aren't there to keep the zombies out. Those fences are there to keep the poor in so that they can be exploited by the rich. Exactly. They're wrong, and that's exactly what the fucking walls of this nation are going to be. Yes. Uh, We cut to Cholo going into Kaufman's. Now, here's something that's only in the non-rated version, not in the original theatrical version. Well, there's also extended amounts of gore and crazy amounts of gore that got added in with the zombie feats. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying we're coming up on something that's... This is the first first and only really added quote-unquote scene. scene. Yeah. yeah. But uh, as he comes in, he is almost stabbed uh, by uh, uh, Mr. Kaufman's butler. He said, uh, uh, he said, the butler said he heard something from across the hall, and Cholo decides he's going to go check it out, and he busts in and hears crying. Now, at first, I couldn't tell because I had not never seen the scene before when I was watching it. I was like, I wonder if he's going to, like, bust in on someone boning? Because at first, it's like, you could have taken that either way, man. Some of that sounded like moaning too and I'm like uh, I wonder if he's gonna like run in like some girl's gonna be boning like a dead guy like like your dead husband or some shit like that one last time that like, would have been interesting that would have been a hardcore scene I was I was like oh my god if that happens right now that's what Cholo walks in on I'm going to flip my shit. That's going to be awesome. That would have been that badass episode of Masters of Horror with the zombie fucking lady. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, Technically, Romero wrote that. Somebody else directed it. Yeah. That's not. I think the guy from Henry. And man, they were pulling the. She was pulling a a zombie gangbang at at the end of that one. Technically a train. They didn't all go at once. It was one at a time. Yeah. It was a well-organized line, too. Say what you want about the undead, but they form an organized line like no one's business. Well, you got to wait your turn in the. A fucking zombie fucking train. I know, know? right? <laughs> was she also a zombie or alive? Um, She was alive, but then her fiance was killed, so she was boning him again. I will say this. You are what you eat, so. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, anyway, uh, as Cholo investigates, he uh, finds a old man had hung himself from a ceiling van. Uh, he finds the wife crying, and as he's trying daughter. to... You think that's his daughter? It's instead? his daughter. Oh. She calls him daddy a couple times. Oh, does she? Okay. Either that or there's some real kinky shit going on. Yeah, well, right. I heard though the, but then um, as he says, what he's he's gonna leave. He picks up like this little statue or whatever. Not, not a statue. It's a sculpture. Sculpture. It's a, it's a metallic sculpture that's got this like. It's super a phallic sharp sculpture that he can use. As Do a they make any other weapon. kind of sculptures? No, it's all phallic. They're mostly yonic or phallic. Yeah. So whether they've intended to be or not, that's how Matt and I see them. <laughs> <As> she, <laughs> wait, does that say more about us or them? Um, I thought all your art was just representations of like cocks and vages. Yeah, we should probably talk to somebody because I think so too. <laughs> Clip. Clip. Uh, anyway, as Cholo's dealing with her, then the old man's son comes in and he gets a chair to try to help his father, but his father, right when he's trying to help him, awakens and he is turned. He moves and that breaks the fan and he falls on top of his son and he begins eating his son and so Cholo goes around. Chomping on that sweet, sweet neck yep. meat. And the dad, zombie dad has already moved on, but Cholo can see the bite marks in the son's neck. As he goes back the other way, uh, zombie dad attacks his daughter, but Cholo is able to get him back and then starts smashing him over the head with the sculpture, killing him. As the guard breaks in, he goes, what seems to be the problem here? And or No, he goes, what's going on? And Cholo says, this is your problem now. Clean it up. Well, the guard comes in and pulls a gun on him. Cholo yeah. looks at him, hits the zombie dude one more time <laughs> yeah. just to make sure, and then drops the thing and says, this is your problem. Clean it yeah. up. And then as he's walking, he even tries to console the 
young lady, but then he's just like, fuck this, and just walks out like, ah, fuck it. Well, clearly the people living up in their ivory tower have never had to deal with this before. Wonder Otherwise, the they would have known that anybody that dies is going to come back regardless. Yeah. Wonder and why the guy he... would have killed himself in a much better way that wouldn't have brought him back. Yeah. Why, why, I wonder why he killed himself. Probably was getting kicked out of his fucking apartment because he couldn't afford it anymore. And oh, Coffin maybe. was fucking making him leave. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? That'd be a great... See, that would have been something great for Kaufman to mention or something like that. Well, like, that's... Like, this scene is is cool and it's a great way to establish that John Leguizamo's character does kind of care about people. Yeah. And will do the right thing he, given the right opportunity. He's got a lot of fight going on internally in his, yeah, in his mind. A lot of turmoil that we yeah. will hear later on as he just fucking spurts out everything that he's thinking yeah. at the end of the movie. But exactly. that's what this is trying to establish, but it's clear that if you lift this completely out of the movie, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no. Because it totally doesn't. No. I mean, it's a it nice been- scene, it's a nice added scene, and there's some nice gore and some remorse and stuff. All it establishes that people have actually, when they die, regardless of how they die, are coming back. Yes. And That's one it. thing I would have loved, much like the kid, um, if, like, when John Lewis was on the Kaufman, and he's like, thanks for taking care of the issue with my neighbors. He goes, some people don't take to evictions all that well. Like, saying something like that would have been awesome. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Just give us something to know what the fuck is going on other than this weird haphazard fucking decoupage of a script. Yeah, exactly. It's clearly been fucked with. Oh, oh a ton. Uh, Riley goes to check on his car, but it is gone. As he's asking the, probably the drunk senile old man there, what's happened, uh, the guy goes, we have a, a lot of people keep mentioning this time frame because we always talk about the time frames with all these movies. Yeah, the last car drove out of here three years ago. And Cholo started working for Kaufman three years ago. Yeah. So it makes you think maybe a lot of this outbreak started about three years ago. Sort of, yeah. From I, this moment. I would say that more than likely the whole quarantine thing, and this is something that I deal with in the audio drama stuff whenever it pops up. But yeah. I would say that whenever it was time for shit to go on, they probably established a kill box in the throat area of Pittsburgh because they could put their backs to all the water and they knew at the time zombies wouldn't cross. They put yeah. up all the bridges or they blocked off all the bridges to force them to come over the mainland and they were killing them that way at the area where the people are now encamped. Yes. And then the survivors stayed behind until they put up the electric fences and all that other stuff. And since they had that all quarantined off and they had ways of in and out, they just developed it as a safe haven and this has just been their thing that they've done. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe that took three years. Maybe it took longer than three years. Mm-hmm. My bet is, is that Simon Baker's character has been there longer than anybody else because they do say later he designed Dead Reckoning. Yes. So my guess is this is anywhere from four to five years after the initial outbreak. The whole world has fallen. And that would be. And there's just a few outposts. And that would be true. Even two years into the outbreak, car places may still be putting out cars. You know, maybe the full apocalypse hadn't come down yet. While there are outbreaks, maybe like in big cities, things can be maintained. We're in the small towns they let but it's a possibility and it's also just because an outbreak happens stay here it doesn't make it everywhere else in the world so cars are still being shipped in somewhere or brought in somewhere but also there's dealerships that would have gone without anybody going anywhere near them in the apocalypse and then cars would be taken from there and stuff like that exactly so anyway uh then which leads charlie to go did you get fucked and as they're leaving the old senile guys goes you got fucked and as he starts laughing karma hits him right in his fucking lungs and he starts hacking up so fuck you dude don't laugh at people getting fucked like that uh we cut to uh simon we see simon peg as a zombie chained up to the wall and people are taking pics with him and a few other zombies did you see who the zombie who's right was uh wasn't that the director of, of Shaun of the Edgar dead right yeah. yes yes yeah. Edgar right yeah uh so and then there are a few who are getting shot with paintballs and there's a whole big party it's a bar but it's like a huge bar and you can tell it's like everyone from all 
all facets of life. It's facets. an apocalypse casino and, yeah. and striptease and, and place and all that. All facets of life are here, from everyone from the poor to the rich, because we see some very well-dressed people out, you know, in this place. It's so. a place to get your rocks off, to get your vice and all of that yeah. stuff, and it's a place to exchange money in one way, shape, or form. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so, and, and, and yeah, we see some girls dancing topless, and so we see some boobs, so thanks, movie. Sure. Thanks, yeah, movie, I'll, on that. I'll, I'll play thanks, movie, for it's, that. It's all the same girl. Every shot of the naked, topless yeah, yeah, woman it's is the same, same woman. But either way, thanks, movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, they have two zombies in there, spray painting them black and red, and they say they're going to fight, and they're betting on, uh, you know, what the outcome will be. And Charlie says they don't usually, you know, stenches don't fight each other, and the guy goes, they do, and food's involved. And one of the other guys staying there goes, who's considering betting, goes, what are you going to use tonight, dog or a cat? And he goes, no, no, I told you, something special planned. So they have a special plan. All the while, Riley finds the owner of the bar, who's a, a, a little person. Who everyone will probably know and love from several films. The thing that I yeah. love him from is Ghoulies 2. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, But yeah, he's the one who ran the fucking little haunted house thing that the Ghoulies ended up in, in Ghoulies 2 for whatever reason. It was like him and some other guy. But I just remember him from that, and I've always loved him. So seeing him pop up in this film, I remembered him. I was all like, hey, cool. But he's been in a ton of movies. Yeah, everyone will recognize him. Uh, I think he was even in Willow. Wasn't he one of the warriors? that went along with Willow, too? Yes, I, yeah, believe, I believe so. so yes, yeah. yes. Um, anyway, he Riley threatens him to get his car back or else he's you know going to kill him. He's like, I wouldn't screw you. I'm your friend. And he goes, yeah, friend, huh? <laughs> he's like, if you don't get my car back, I'm going to tear you inside out. Yeah, you can actually see Riley's character has some serious anger management issues. Yes. And he's just boiling below the surface. Like, he's really just looking for an excuse to I, take somebody out. And I think Riley is, of course, a very smart person. As you'll find out, he designed Dead Reckoning. So I believe he's a very smart person. And one of the things that I think he can see is that the good times are about over in Fiddler's Green and in the surrounding city. Well, it's not even so much that the good times are over. I think it's just that he knew all along the everything was stacked against him. Yeah. So he just basically finally went to the point where he's ready to leave and he's tired of people. And he's, he's tired of helping people, even the people that he does care about they're just basically not doing it for themselves yes, he's, and he's, he hates everybody he's and tired of, he's tired of it all and he i should be identifying with this character so much but should. i just don't it's so weird i just got nothing for riley at all that's yeah like i'm glomming on to fucking charlie the entire time charlie st- like robert joy who plays charlie yeah. steals this movie he does so well he in owns this, movie. this fucking yeah, movie he's fucking so awesome in this the owner says he has to make a call he gets up to the bar gets a drink and tells them to keep riley busy he tells his secondhand man that as uh, Riley's walking away, the secondhand guy he's trying to, you know, the 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 right hand guy he's trying to t- say to Riley, "I heard you got some money. You want to know how to invest it? All that kind of stuff." Riley's trying to say he's not while interested. the guy's getting a shot. He also asks the lady to give him his gun. Too. Yeah, get his gun. Yeah, uh, as he's walking, uh, Riley sees a woman named. We find out her name is Slack, and this is uh, uh, Miss Argento, Asia, Asia, or you can just say Asia. Everybody says Asia. I say Asia. Yeah. Uh, Asia, Asia. But uh, her name is Slack in the movie. She's being thrown in, and that's what the zombies are fighting over. Uh, as Riley sees this, he busts in there and kills both Zs to stop this. The owner then goes to shoot 
charge. Well, the shots send everybody crazy because yeah. they're like, why the fuck are you shooting? People are running. Yeah. And the owner goes to shoot Charlie, but a guy runs right in front of Charlie and he ends up shooting him. So then Riley sees the owner and shoots him, but it's only a graze. Like, he wounds him. As he's getting ready to shoot Riley, uh, Slack is able to rush and push Riley out of the way. However, she gets grazed in the arm. And then, as the owner is running away, Charlie licks his finger, rubs it the end of the sight of his gun, and with everyone running, he sights him and kills the owner dead. I don't know if this means anything or if there's a reason that they're doing that other than what they explain later on, but um, Dennis Hopper's character in Waterworld does the exact same thing and he only had one eye. Yeah, I wonder if only... And both Robert Joy and Dennis Hopper were in this film, so I don't know if it's yeah. like a little wink and a nod to that shit or what, but... Or maybe it's a thing with only one eye. You gotta lick the end of your gun. That's not a thing. Yeah, probably not, but... I, I mean, I, I can see where it catches you. the light, but yeah. still, not a thing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It was just an idea. It was slowing yeah. I'm not fighting you on it's that a, one, boss. It's a nice hero thing, but in yeah. the real world... Uh, so not a thing. Yeah, not a thing. I gotta agree, boss. Yeah, thank you, boss. The uh, authorities show up, and all of them are arrested. One of the best lines of the whole movie. Somebody shot the little fat man. <laughs> <laughs> the guard. I can see that. <laughs> he's, like, he's, basic, <laughs> he's basically like, what's going on here as he's making sure Slack's okay? Yeah. Because she he thought she was dead when she falls yes. down after the grays. Yeah. And then she comes to, I he, guess. Well, he's got a gun pointed at her, and she, when she looks at him, she goes, whoa, hey, I'm okay. And he's like, all right. Yeah. And, and then she's like, I've seen you around. And he goes, yeah, I've seen you around too, uh, working the streets. And she's like, you've been checking me out? It's like, whoa, hey, now I just was reciprocating. You said you were, you know, you've seen me around. I was just trying to reciprocate the favor. Uh, yeah, to be totally honest, I've never seen you around, asshole. I don't know who you are. No, she has been around and she's been working the streets. Yeah, yes. And yeah. he's seen her around. Yeah. But her saying you checking me out is kind of her flirting at him. Yeah. Which Riley is not prepared to deal with because he doesn't really want to be interested or care about anybody. No, he's, he's he's begrudgingly caring about Charlie because he can't help himself. Well, that and also Charlie's helped save his life numerous occasions. Right. But at the same time, he's begrudgingly caring yeah, about Charlie yeah, yeah. because he can't help himself. But yeah, I still love that. What's happening here? Someone shot the little fat man. Yeah, I can see that. I need a little bit more, please. Yeah. The only thing in this sequence that actually feels like George, like at all to me, yeah. or feels like the other movies to me, is when the shootout actually happens and you get the old Western style thing that Charlie does. Yes. Where he follows the guy all along, plans his shot out, and then takes him out. Yes. Just showing how good Charlie actually is. That feels like, yeah, you're right. But like the, all the other stuff with the zombies fighting around and everything, it just feels like compromised stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he wanted to have a casino and he wanted to have all the kind of things. Yeah. And like, I'm pretty sure he was forced to do the zombie picture thing. So that's why he had it up cameo of some friends. Well, that, but I, that I always felt that went along with George's thing of the dead have become almost entertainment to the people. It, you know, something they're not scared of anymore, well, especially yeah, is, the it, rich. It's a commentary on that and what yeah. has become with the zombies. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just so ham handedly done that it feels like somebody poked their fingers in and said, add this yeah. to the script, add this to the script. Yeah, it's maybe that's true. Like, I always, we should have a stripper in the corner with some tits out for the psyops boys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Clip. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they are all now in jail, and that is our next clip. Hey, what? Why you? Why did the little fat man throw you in there with them things? It wasn't the little man. It was the big man. Mr. K. He's got his fingers and everything here. If you can drink it, shoot it up, fuck it, gamble on it. It belongs to him. Didn't answer the question. He asked you why. I know what he asked me. They found out I was... Helping out Mulligan and his people. 
tired of eating bones while he's having a steak. Me too, but every place is the same. Places with people. I'm going to find a place where there's no people. North, Canada. Well, to get a way out, I'm coming with you. No, Roger likes to be alone. He might take me because he says having me around is pretty much the same as being alone. And because I can make myself useful and I can shoot. I can shoot. I can be pretty fucking useful. I had training. I was going to join the army of the green till somebody figured I'd be a better hooker than a soldier. You know, I don't want to hear the fucking story. Everyone's got a story and, and I am sick of hearing it. What's your story, Riley? I don't have one. Nothing bad ever happened to me. Until everything changed. Everything changed for all of us. Hey, Mulligan, what are they gonna do? Kill him? Not right away. First, you try to get him to talk. About people like me. Uh, bad news for Mulligan. Also, want to state, too, by the way, Riley's whole thing where he's like, I don't want to hear your fucking story. Everybody's got a fucking story. I actually like that scene. Yeah. I like, I love that line. Yeah. Because it is. Everyone's in every one of these zombies movies or shows, you always have somebody with a story. You got to hear the tragic backstory that. that makes them who they are. And I fucking yeah. love it. And by that point in time, and it hadn't just been zombie movies, it's any movie. Here's this tragic backstory. Here's a tragic backstory. I just love finally somebody. I don't fucking want to hear. Everyone's got a fucking story, all right? Yeah, and then he also says, nothing bad ever happened to me. Yeah. But that level of anger and that level of, like, outrage at other people trying to whittle their way, sort of, like, and just get some kind of empathy or sympathy out of Riley. Or even just to connect with him. Yeah, because he's got nothing left to give to anybody. He can't care. He literally cannot care for any more people. And he barely cares for Charlie, and only because Charlie has basically proven himself time and time again to be useful. Yes. And, like, he does care about Charlie, but he resents Charlie for caring about him. You can tell the way he acts towards Charlie. Yeah. He is not nice to him. No. Because he resents having to care for him. And we'll find out why later. Yeah. But the thing about this character at this point that I start identifying with and that I like is that was like me in my fucking teens and 20s. And another thing I can say about Riley is I think he doesn't care now because he cared so much in the past. In either people, A, he couldn't save them, or B, they stuck around long enough to let him down. And and that would kill a person wanting to care about people. Yeah, that's basically what happened to me minus the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, either the people he cared about he couldn't save or the people who did stick around around ultimately who he trusted let him down in some way or showed their true colors for something else yes yeah because people are rotten fucking bastards and they all fucking suck except for us right who's this us you and me and our awesome listeners except for the listeners yeah oh so we're still pieces of shit i mean come on dude yeah okay i got it i was just hoping maybe but you're right no you're right i'm sorry so i'm not even sure i'm not even sure about all of our listeners out there (laughs) oh yeah there are a few of them that might be pieces of shit just like us yeah well, we'll let you figure that we, out on your own and you sort your own lives we out. We did say we're garbage people. I mean, <laughs> that's been a moniker of this show for quite a while. Yeah, but there's a reason I'm a fucking misanthrope. And yeah. the the way that this is set up with that single line of, I'm so fucking tired of hearing people's stories, the way that he delivers that line, it just perfectly resonates with me. And I, I just feel like they missed the mark in a lot of other cases with Riley. And I'm many years behind you, but I'm starting to get to that point now. Well, the sad, thing, age. the sad thing is, is I came out of that for a brief period. Yeah. There was a time when I had hope, and since 2017, that has dropped. Yeah. 
significantly. Yeah. Back down to where I was before. Pretty much. And that all pretty much was the start of mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably get off social media. It doesn't do me any favors. Uh, yeah. And watching this movie from that far, that time frame of watching it now and seeing basically the parallels of what they were talking about in a George Bush America, only it was the ideas of the fears of what could be. And then seeing that that's literally what fucking happened. Yeah. It's really hard to sit through this movie with that. I mean, I don't know if George was cremated or not, but if he wasn't, he's got to be spinning in his grave at this point. <laughs> Let's see here. All right. So Big Daddy and the gang uh, are continuing. The, That's going to be the name of my next punk band. Big, Big Daddy, Daddy and the, and the gang. gang. Uh, and you have to do everyone up in, in zombie makeup. I don't. No? Oh, okay. Uh, he, sh- they are continuing their march and come to like these walled off areas with just wood. And he shows the butcher and he, to use his cleaver on the wood. The butcher then knocks out a hole for Big Daddy to look through. He sees the green and then a Z's head pops down for a cheap jump scare. And as he looks, he sees a few other Z's all hung upside down with targets on them. So they're there for target practice, probably for long range shooting. Yes, they come to a wall, very shoddily put together that is supposed to keep them out. Mm-hmm. They find their way through very easily with very minimal effort. Yes. And then they realize that on the other side of the wall, anything like them is being treated horrendously and subhuman. Yes. Jesus Christ, that resonated so much worse in the 2019 than it ever did watching it all these you, previous years. You literally could have released this movie this year for the first time, and it all still be just as relevant as it was in 2005, if not more. I know. And it, and still, like even this very compromised, very fingers in a lot of pies, fucking yeah. with it version of the film still has moments like this Yes, that are very clearly like there's just a few moments of cream that just rise up to the and, top of all of this. Think about this even more so. They are leaving their original home area because the people who are behind that wall are going Came to their and area fucked and up their fucking shit. Fucking all their Destabilized shit all their stuff and now they're refugees it, seeking a better way or coming for vengeance because, however you want to put it. Because because in the symbolism of coming for vengeance that's what the idea yeah. of the terrorism type yeah. thing that this was kind of hinting at back then. Yes. But now it actually just matches to a destabilized nation and refugees coming and being radicalized upon the way yes. on how they're being treated. How about this? Let's go right back into the escape. Cholo visits Mr. Kaufman, played by the late, great Dennis Hopper, and that is our next clip. Tomorrow. Boss, how was Uniontown? <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Death intrudes on us even in the green, I'm afraid. I heard about what happened with my neighbors, and I'm grateful for your help. Well, that's what I'm here for, boss, to take care of any problems you got. And look, I got you, I got you a little present, a little souvenir from town. Uh, I know you're used to better vintage than this, but it's the best we got. Little champers, take the edge off things. There we go. Well, this is very extravagant. Yeah, well, I can afford it. Oh, with the 20 grand you owe me from last night and the money from all the other nights together, I got enough for my own place. You mean here in the green? Sure, why not? I'm sorry, Mr. DeMora, but there's a very long waiting list. Well, how long? Well, this is an extremely desirable location. Space is very limited. You mean restricted, don't you? Well, I do have a board of directors, and I have a membership committee. They have to approve. Don't, don't, don't do this to me. Don't, don't. How long have I been working for you? Three years? Taking out your garbage, cleaning up after you? And then you're going to say I'm not good enough? Let me tell you something. You're going to let me in, because I know what goes on around here. Do your committee members know what the fuck is going on with the garbage? So you're going to let me in, hear me? Maybe we could talk about this when you're a little less excited. I won't be needing this man anymore. 
So snap. Yeah, so that wasn't heavily coated. No, not at all. It's pretty much, uh, listen, Fiddler's Green doesn't say whites only, but yeah. And not only just whites, but a certain economical status you had to be. You can't yeah. be nouveau riche. No, you, you, you better be old money. None of that new money. Yeah, you better have been rich and gotten into Fiddler's Green before yes. all the shit hit the fan, because otherwise you ain't getting in. Yeah. Uh, as Cholo is being escorted out, he knocks the guard out and takes his guns. So well, the guy was gonna kill him. That was self defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He even, was... he even swears at him a little bit in yeah, Spanish. Yes. I mean, yeah. The guy was gonna kill him. So anyway, uh, we're back to the streets and we see a puppet play, and that's the only time you hear the word zombie in this movie. Nope. The first nope. of two times. First of two times. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. First yeah, of two I'm not gonna times. play the clip because we've yeah. already talked about it. That's yeah. George Romero yelling out, "Take that, you smelly zombie!" Yeah. Is that... He's doing the puppet show. The voice of oh, the puppet that's show. That's hilarious. George. Yeah. Uh, Cholo grabs the dead reckoning crew minus of course riley and uh charlie well riley hasn't been inside the reckoning for a while it's yep. the people that actually know how to drive it yes i'm saying uh well uh yeah so the people that are inside the, the crew members the, for the, the inside the, the, the reckoning. dead reckoning crew yeah, yeah the, the actual crew itself yeah. yes he grabs them and also uh two other guys which is is right hand man foxy and mouse and so the dead reckoning crew are in there all the time and then those three uh they're going off and they uh as he presents papers to take out the truck a pass and the guard who guards it was like this is for yesterday and it looks like cholo's getting ready it's to- important to note that guy's name and who that is see uh, what is his name because he's going to be showing up later. the character brewbaker brewbreaker yes this is where brewbaker ends up yes unfortunately man brewbreaker has a there's a sad story man i don't want to hear his fucking story everybody's got a fucking story <laughs> man uh, fuck that was well timed well done <laughs> So anyway, as it looks like he's getting ready to shoot him, uh, Brubaker, they hear gunshots and he's like, hey, what the hell is that? And they said, don't worry, it's target practice. And we cut to these two guys who are doing target practice. And he goes, hey, man, will you quit wrestling around back there? You're messing up my shot. And he goes, dude, I'm not moving. And so as they move the light, they go, I don't see anything. Moves the light. And there's Big Daddy in the picture that's right behind you. Yeah, I suppose so. That's the one that I got. Uh, That was one of my Fleas and Flicks auctions that I won was uh, signed by Eugene Clark. And I, I believe that's him and he screams and then they hear people screaming and he goes Cholo goes what's that practice screaming screaming practice yeah screaming practice and then we see the army of the dead have reached the fences as they're storming it all the other soldier guys get up there and the dead reckoning crew get up in the dead reckoning uh they all separately at least three separate ones all ask Cholo if they should help the guards and Cholo's pretty much nope fuck all this we're getting the fuck out of here and as they escape uh we see the dead feast we see the tearing out of throats now this is all way more hardcore than the theatrical version yes we they, get to they see extended it. all of the gore. yeah we get to the see theatrical it. version is a fucking letdown for it gore. really is for gore uh we've seen eyeballs getting ripped out of heads here fucking throats getting ripped out it's all a bunch of good times yeah it's a good old-fashioned feasting frenzy and it feels it's, very much like george in the editing yeah, here i like the picking up of fingers and eating them that were on the ground that was kind of fucking cool yeah that reminded me of george a lot yeah Stuff that George would put in there. Just one zombie notating and waste not want not kind of deal yeah. and the way that they do it and the way they hold on it. Yeah. Yes. And they're all feeding until Big Daddy calls them to keep walking towards the green. And the way that he calls them is with one of his long, drawn out, very sad yeah. sounding groans. And they all turn to look at him and they recognize it. And then he will signal in some way, shape or form, usually with his head. And uh, luckily, this is where using the tubes is good for the city because 
because they've they have some pretty heavy closed doors that no zombie can get through no matter how much smashing they do to get to the tubes so they have to keep walking towards the water right and they probably wouldn't have realized or worked out how they're getting from one side of the yeah. river to the other there anyway. were zombies trying to get into those doors they were slamming on them so i'm assuming some people must have went in there for hiding possibly and, and then yeah. or, or they just saw people come out of there when they're at the fences or something something like that yeah or it's just a door and zombies like to yeah. beat on doors that's true yeah so then cholo then calls kaufman and that is our next clip ah the one that got away that's right remember you say we should talk when i was less excited well i'm a lot less excited right now what do you want mr demora well, you might have noticed that uh, I had to leave in a hurry, so I didn't get a chance to take my money out of your bank. I'd like you to handle that withdrawal for me with interest. Five million dollars. I'm going to blow you out of your fucking castle because I've got dead reckoning. That's unfortunate. Well, unfortunate for you, perhaps. Now, I want you to put that money on a boat and send it across the river to the south side, 10th Street Pier. One man to drive the boat, no more. You have till midnight. That's two and a half hours. Now, I won't be there and Dead Reckoning won't be there, but I'll know if it happens and I'll know if it doesn't happen. Copy? Trouble? In a world where the dead are returning to life, the word trouble loses much of its meaning. He wants money. Pay him. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We have other options. Denbo. Give me Denbo. Get up. You're coming with me. Where are you taking him? Don't worry. Hey, now where are you taking him? You take care of him, huh? Hell yeah. He pulled me out of... Out of the fire, it was bad. Just look at me, you can tell it was bad. Mr. Dembo, can I offer you a drink? I don't drink. Why am I here? Well, we want you to repossess a vehicle that belongs to us, a vehicle that you designed, Mr. Dembo. Dead reckoning has been stolen by your second-in-command, who I want captured or killed. And I want my $2 million piece of equipment returned. My truck? My truck, which has guns, powerful guns. It'll do a great deal of damage if they're aimed at this city. Well, why don't you just send out your troops? I can send 50 men against that thing, and they come back in body bags. Now, Cholo was your man. Maybe you can get close enough to do what has to be done. Well, it's, uh, it's a good thing I'm still in town. So I, I put a car. I was going to drive out of here, but it disappeared. I guess someone didn't want me to leave. Well, you're a very popular man. How much of your service is going to cost me? A vehicle, enough weapons and ammunition to go north. There's nothing up north. <laughs> That's the idea. There's one more thing, my friends. They go with me. Take them. Can you find Dead Reckoning quickly? How quickly? Midnight. Have a way. Okay, so that whole thing about the just look at me thing that Charlie's been delivering forever, it seems like he started with, he pulled me out of the fire. You could tell it was bad. Just look at me. You can tell how bad it is. And that was shtick that he was using that worked, so he kept using it. Yeah. And so it became like a catchphrase thing for him as a person. Yeah. And so you get the idea of just how bad it is. And oddly enough, the only story I really wanted to hear about tragedy was Charlie's story in this anyway. Yeah, so. I'd like to know, like, what was he doing when the fire got started? Was he already working with uh riley or uh, i think riley found him while they were scavenging his town and there was a fire yeah maybe and that's he, it and he probably saved him then yeah yeah but i mean you know everybody's got a fucking story man i don't need to hear your fucking story i wasn't telling my story i was telling all these guys the stories i don't need to hear all of that well unfortunately you have to that's a whole fucking thing about the show i know <laughs> let's see here we cut back to uh cholo and he sends mouse out to the rendezvous point to watch for the money he uh said uh 
he uh, gives him some weeds for the nerds and tells him. And then Mouse goes off, finds an empty shed, and he holds up there. It's one of the dock type things where a boat could pull up in. It's yeah. one of those kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a like boathouse on the dock. Boathouse, yeah. yeah. Now it's time for Riley and the gang to arm up. And that is our next clip. I can't believe you guys are turning me into a fucking boy scout. Not a boy. Hey, you don't have to come out if you don't want to. You didn't say that. Some shit, though. Going out to save Kaufman's ass. I'm not doing this for Kaufman. This is for the people in the city. What do you think's going to happen to them if Cholo shells the green? Okay. I'm with you. Oh, uh, no. I like the ones I already got. This piece fires 14 rounds a second. Um, I, I don't normally need that many. I don't normally talk to... <laughs> Pretty easy to make fun of some people. I can make a whole lot of fun out of you. Hey, I'll take this one. He thinks he's taking care of you. He does. Without his guns, I'd be dead by now. Oh, without you, he'd be dead by now. Fair trade. Right. These guys are coming. Gentlemen and lady, Mr. Kaufman thought you could use some support. Don't need any. Nevertheless, Manolette. Manolette. Named after the bullfighter. Monica. You can call me Motown. Pillsbury. Oh. Come here to do something. While we're standing around, let's do something. You taking the Jeep? Woody, it's bigger than his guns. Jeez. Cholo made a mess. No, Cholo didn't do all this. This is stenches. A lot of them. Maybe still here? That's where they came in. Look, that's where they went out. Trying to get to the city. I'm gonna go get the ammo. Crack up the Woody. Charlie, make sure she doesn't hurt herself. I can take care of myself, okay? Fine. Charlie, make sure she doesn't hurt anyone else. You, come with me. Walkers, Mr. Dembo. And moving toward the city. They'll never get across the river. I wouldn't be so sure. Learning how to work together. They're mindless walking corpses, and many of us will be too if you don't stay focused on the task at hand. Zombies, man. They creep me out. Uh, some vintage Dennis Hopper right there. <laughs> yeah, where he pauses to pick at his nose as he's saying it. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. I that feel like that was improvised, and I feel like a lot of the stuff that he's saying is somewhat improvised because that's just how Hopper works. Yeah. And that particular thing where he stops and says, Zombies, they creep me out because yeah, it was right at the end. Man. It feels like he just went for it. Yeah. And I mean, like his Rumsfeldy character wouldn't have said man. No, that's, that's I mean, a that, total that, Dennis Hopper thing. That's going all the way back to fucking uh, uh, Easy Rider. Yeah, and shit like that yeah yeah that that era of dennis hopper come on yeah. man so far this stuff is starting to feel like once it gets towards them going to hunt for dead reckoning it feels a little bit more romero yes but this is the part where the score really starts battling what is actually happening on screen yes and it feels like they're trying to make it more industrialized and yeah. like fucking resident evil and it doesn't fit another good part about the dennis hopper made a great turn as kaufman in this yeah uh yeah i really liked him in this so yeah and our whole allegory is rome's slash Trump. I mean, just make him even more inept and stupid and doesn't know what he's doing and that's yeah. Trump. Yeah, exactly. And then somebody else is leading him around by the nose. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, uh, they get to the Woody and Motown will hotwire it. Pillsbury is trying to tell her what wires to cross and she goes, what the fuck would a Samoan know about stealing a car? And he goes, 50,000 cars stolen in Samoa every year. And she goes, yeah, well, it's a million in Detroit. And he goes, Detroit has 50 million cars. Samoa, only 50,000. All of them stolen. <laughs> so they just basically take a car when they need it. Is what I, I think saying. so. Yeah. <laughs> Samoa, according to Pillsbury, they're all stolen. I fucking love this character, though. Yeah, he ends up being the one that you really dig. The whole civil Eddie, like after the bullfighter, yeah. I just put the minute he shows up, I'm like countdown clock on this guy's yeah. life. Oh, yeah, you're you're dead, big guy. And Motown too. You're like, yeah, you're you're not gonna have a good time. Yeah, when she the first time I saw it, I kind of was rooting for Motown a little bit because I like a sassy lady. Yeah. You know, but then I realized that Asia 
Argento is in this, and she's already filled the sassy lady quotient. Yeah, for I mean, a universal flick, she, she's she's got all the sass. <laughs> yes, and and stuff. So I also like where she's changing in front of the guys without a single concern. Yeah, and her terrible CG wound is on her arm. Uh-huh, yeah, because they forgot to put the makeup on after they shot the scene, and they they realized that, yep. so they put it in with CG later. Oh God! And luckily, bad. she put the shirt on very quickly to cover it up because holy shit, that was terrible. Yeah, but the where she's like, you know, got me acting like a boy scout or whatever and charlie very innocently goes not a boy she's not a boy because he's looking right at her as she's (laughs) changing uh anyway uh charlie at one point uh slack is like "Uh, charlie why do you because she sees he's tracking something she goes charlie why do you lick the end of your gun like that and he says because it catches the light and he's following following it looks like he's pointing the gun right at her he shoots and there was a zed right behind her and charlie goes little off center but i got him he also says that it catches the light and she's like well how can you see anything what yeah. light how can you oh, see yeah. anything and good, he says, eye. good eye yeah good eye yeah and then he takes the shot which it goes through her hair and she feels it whiz past her head yeah and it's clear that he's been tracking his head that's coming from behind her and he's just following it along and then yep. he gets a shot yep uh riley and manioletto they walk into the weapons supply area and it is a full-on feast in there the dead are having a buffet in the weapons area we see what happens to brubaker because he's the first one to come around the brubaker corner. looks like he got uh, bit on the neck and he must have been able to get away before they pulled anything else off of him but then he of course died and he's chewing on a foot isn't it a foot or a well, the bottom part of a leg it looks the bottom like, part yeah. yeah of a leg he's chewing on that and then you look and we see like they're pulling out tongues out of mouths and taking shit off a guy's backs and one of and, the zombies is like mouth fisting a dude yes yes <laughs> that's the one take where they're ripping out the tongue yeah he's yeah. pretty much yeah mouth fisting him <laughs> his whole hand is up in there loving it strong yeah it is <laughs> and like you see more intestines and stuff this was all way more than what was in the theatrical version most of the stuff they did in the theatrical version is you got the hints of it with a shadowed version of the yeah, gore. You got, and also very quick cuts like yeah oh look uh there's a guy with his back being eaten up don't look <laughs> you know like now you're off of it yeah uh this is this felt more romero-ish as we saw all this some of these sequences yeah you can uh, tell where his editing style is there yeah uh anyway they pull out their guns and you know kill them all in there and uh but they have to time their shots because one wrong shot they're in a fucking weapons depot yeah you're gonna set the, the whole thing the, off ammunition dump there yeah, so, you're gonna yeah. kill everything then all of a sudden we cut back and there's a zombie right behind charlie and slack shoots it and it bullet must have grazed charlie's ear yeah and he goes ow and he goes she goes now we're even he goes we're not even that hurt mine didn't hurt <laughs> he's like i didn't hurt you <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't hurt you god yeah, damn very childlike and i also want to point out that he fails miserably at the one thing that riley asked him to do when he walks away yeah, it's to make sure she doesn't hurt anybody else <laughs> yeah right Jesus. she ended up hurting him he failed epically yeah man he rolled a zero on that <laughs> let's see charlie making sure slack doesn't hurt anybody he rolls a zero and it was super ineffective <laughs> luckily slack rolls a 20 <laughs> and while she hurts riley it's only marginal and it's still very effective and it saves his life with one shot one kill motown gets the car going and they all get into the car but then we see maybe the worst cgi zombie i've ever seen it's a priest and its head is hanging off so uh mandaletta looks up and he sees it's pretty much his headless corpse and then it uses its body and the head flips up taking a chunk out of his arm uh it they push it away his head flips back charlie shoots it through the chest which goes through its head i thought that looked just fucking horrendous yeah that's, that was that was fucking ridiculous it was in the time frame this movie came out 
Aladdin that might have been passable, but it does not hold up well at all. Not, not at all. No. And but I know it didn't because even I remember when I first saw it, thinking, "Wow, that looked fucking ridiculous." <laughs> I can I come to I don't come to a Romero film to see CGI. I come to a Romero film to see practical effects because he knows the people who can do it. You know. Yes, but you also don't just go to a Romero film when you go to see Land of the Dead. You're going to see a heavily fucked with Universal film anytime you see a Universal film. Yeah. No, you're right. You're exactly right. <laughs> um, fucking up movies since the early days. Oh, fucking assholes. Uh, anyway, uh, they, like I said, though, they have driven off. Uh, she, um, we can see uh, Slack hasn't had a whole lot of exposure, I think, to the dead because she's asking Riley about the bite and how long, you know, do you think he'll last? So she's never really seen it. Riley states that his little brother was bit and turned after an hour. Uh, Slack goes, I thought you said nothing bad ever happened to you. And he goes, uh, that happened to my brother, not me. So, and then the emotional disconnect has come full circle and you see what's going on. Yeah. That Riley clearly does not have enough left in him to care about anybody anymore. No. Uh, he just can't handle it because he feels too deeply. Uh, but everyone kind of backs away from Minioletta and she turns around and Slack turns around and shoots him. She even says, I'm sorry. And she yeah. seems very sad and dour about it. Everyone seems a little bit let down by it. That's something I will say in this for almost every character we see. Whenever they see someone get bit or something, everyone's just like, ah, oh, fuck. They have the same expression, like, shit. You know, that fucking sucks, you know? Yeah, nope. but they're, but for the grace of the director, go they. Yeah, right. Um. So anyway, uh, then Kaufman has a meeting with his other elites, and that is our final clip. I recognize that some of you are concerned, and I want to assure you that if anything goes wrong, measures have been taken. I've established outposts with food and supplies that will support us on our way. On our way to where? Anywhere that we want to go. Alternative sites have been chosen for us and our families, as well as uh, necessary support personnel. What about all the others? All the others can be replaced by others. Plus, you're interrupting me, Bill, and it's bad timing. Just when I was talking about how people can be replaced, a day may come. When you earn yourself some responsibilities. But right now, the responsibilities are mine. They're all mine. It was my ingenuity that took an old world and made it into something new. I put up the fences to make it safe. I hired the soldiers and paid for their training. I kept the people off the streets by giving them games and vices, which cost me money. But I spent it because the responsibility is mine. Now, do you understand the meaning of the word responsibility? We have to do what we have to do. Foxy, I know I'm never going to be great. I'm never going to be on the list of names of people who've done great things. Because I don't do anything. Not one thing. If it wasn't for this truck, I wouldn't be any different than that poor Mexican bastard out there. Cholo, look, Kaufman might not pay. Kaufman's going to pay, man. But if he doesn't, he knows I'm going to do a jihad on his ass. When you hit Route 6, take a ride. How do you know which way to go? Homing device. How long since you've been out here? I've never been out. I've lived in the citizens. It was a real city. Lover. Cover him, Charlie. Are you working for Kaufman? I'm working for Kaufman. My job is to stop Cholo. Your job is to bring the truck back with or without me, right? Not without you, no. Well, that means yes. Well, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do my job. You're not going to get to do yours. Kaufman is never going to see Dead Reckoning again. And when I get it, I'm going to do what I want with it. Anyone has any problems with that? You can get out right here. Some choice. No choice. Close door. Keep him covered, Charlie. Hey, wait, you made us come all the way out here just to steal a fucking truck? You made a deal, Riley. You're coming back on a deal. You've never done that before. Cholo shells the green. All deals are off, right? If something worse happens, uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be out here in a car without a roof. 
I don't blame him. That weather looks fucked, too. It's cold and shit. And- it's amazing that Asia Argento has this dead-on Pittsburgh accent that she sounds like she's lived in Pittsburgh her whole life, even when it was still a city. That's a Pittsburgh accent? That's amazing. It's so per... I'm being facetious. Okay, I was- does Pittsburgh have an accent? Yes, it absolutely does. Does it? I, I've never... Western PA in Pittsburgh has a very specific accent. The type of accents that you're going to find on the East Coast, the reason that they are the way that they are is they're the closest to Old English that you're actually going to find. Yeah. And particularly like the more Western PA and like Appalachian Mountain type accent that people make fun of yeah. is actually closer to the original Old English. It just has stuck around that long. Huh. I've met people from Philly yeah. and I've known they've always had somewhat of an accent, yeah. but I never met anybody from either close to Pittsburgh or around it or the Western side of Pennsylvania. So I was like, oh, maybe the accent's just the Eastern side of the state and the Western side of the state's more Midwest or closer to the Midwest. So maybe yeah. it feels more like that. It has a mix. It really it just yeah. kind of depends. There's there's a certain accent of the Western PA area that you're going to hear and that you're going to recognize. Yeah. And it's all over Night of the Living Dead. The way that people talk in Night of the Living Dead is how you will hear the voices in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But there's some people that are different than others. Like this ch- police chief and the, the reporter, they sound significantly different, although they're from the same area, pretty much. Uh, Cholo calls Mouse, and he tells them that nothing has shown up yet. So Cholo decides he's going to have the rockets loaded. Uh, Mouse is then... Uh, he sees like somebody walking and he sees a, a zombie so he shoots at it killing it he runs up on his skateboard to the window that he shot through and then a little boy zombie pops up at him that startles him and he pushes his skateboard back right into the waiting arms of a clown zombie and then a shit ton of other zombies they take mouse down and they pretty much give him the roads treatment yeah and yeah. Uh, he's a nice leg split yep. that's you didn't get to see that they cut away from it in the theatrical yeah, version they, they tear him in half and the, drag his legs away and they devour mouse so. because he's a dumb dangerous panicky animal the way yeah. that he reacts to this you, it's like he's never really been out on his own at all exactly because there's one zombie that wouldn't have even known he was in there if he didn't make a sound and, and then now you know why probably cholo decided to send mouse out to the rendezvous point because if he lost him maybe no big deal <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> clearly there's no loss with this character at all yeah the, and that's delegated by the fact that you get to see his skateboard getting tossed into the river and floating across in the reflection of the light. Exactly. Fiddler's Green. Uh, Big Daddy and the crew are now at the water. Uh, as he stares at it, he steps off into it, and he just sinks. And the rest of just start staring at the water as well. Uh, and then it cuts away, so you don't know what's happening. You're like, uh-oh. But you can kind of probably assume what's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, uh, then we cut to a scene where they load up uh, all 12 rocket bays, so they're all ready to be fired. Yeah, they call them six-packs, and they load them yeah. all up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Riley and the team know where Cholo is going and they can beat them there because they can take the side roads where Dead Reckoning can only take main roads. Uh, Then we cut back to Big Daddy rising from the water, as do the rest of the dead. Something I want to point out in a little bitch that I have. He says they can take the back roads, but then she just goes and goes up this big fucking hill. Yeah. She says, you want to go up the hill, so let's go up the hill. And then she actually just starts driving. Yeah. Okay, they're going up to Mount Washington is the town that they're talking about or the outskirt lying area area of Pittsburgh uh-huh. that overlooks the city. There is no open field like that in Mount Washington anywhere. Oh, Everything really? is so overdeveloped. Oh, God. <laughs> there is, like, you can barely park a fucking car on either side of the street and still get a car up. Like Even back in 2005? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was overbuilt in the 70s. I gotcha. Like, the buildings are that old. There is no new construction on Mount Washington. Why? There's no fucking space. Nice. 
The only way there's new construction is if they level a bunch of houses to be able to do it, and there's no space to get the kind of houses that they had in that housing development. But you know who doesn't have that problem? Canada. <laughs> right, because that's where they filmed this yeah, at. Yeah. This does not look like Mount Washington at all. <laughs> at all. Nothing in Mount Washington looks like this. Well, the movie wasn't for you, all right? It was for the rest of us who don't know the area, so we can play make-believe for a while. Right. I know it's to play make-believe, Yeah, but... But I get you. <laughs> they CG'd everything else in this movie badly. Why yeah. couldn't she just go over top of parking lots and shit like that Ooh. instead of driving a car up a hill? Right. Uh, <laughs> that isn't in Mount Washington. <laughs> um, but anyway, when the zombies rise out of the water here, that it's fucking... That's an awesome-looking scene. That, that is so fucking creepy. It's one of the things that terrifies me the most is seeing them just come up out of water like that. Yeah. Especially the way that they did it in this film because it's just like your your hero zombie a big daddy and you see everybody else who's been following him that knows that they can trust him to lead them and then everybody else who just followed along comes in even much later. Yes. And the way they rise up and the way they extended that out with the good use of CG with the zombies in the background. Yes, that was a that good use of CG. In, that was horrifying to see them coming. Did zombies imagine- coming out of water is like the most terrifying thing in the yeah. world for me. Uh, anything coming out of water is terrifying. Monster-wise, yeah. Yeah, monster-wise. I mean, you're sitting there and just saying, yeah, that's a nice night by the lake, throw out a cigarette, and all of a sudden, especially with its numerous things, <laughs> they're just heads popping up. You're like, well, I'm out of here. When zombies, it's so much so because they don't breathe. Yeah. And the way they just kind of rise up out and there's no bubbling no other than bubbling. just them displacing the water out of their way is horrifying. And one horrifying. of my favorite things about a lot of the zombies that they focus on, they did, uh, I sometimes think, sometimes people will try to put too much emotion in the zombie's face, especially if they're supposed to be mainly emotionless to the point where they're just kind of, you know, they're they're walking things, wanting food. All of them looked totally emotionless, just looking at the lights coming out, even Big Daddy. And I give Big Daddy some you know, leeway to show emotion because he's supposed to be a little bit more advanced, uh, but just seeing them all come out with those blank stares on their faces scares me the shit out of me. It's yeah, so fucking awesome. Yeah, just mindless killing machines yeah. in droves, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no emotion, no nothing. Uh, yeah, and even Big Daddy, who is constantly expressing emotion, is just dead behind the eyes, yeah, determined. Determined, yeah, just, uh, just coming up. No anger, so you can't even be like, oh, they're angry doing this. Nope, they're just doing it because they do it, and that's it. It's just fucking, for some reason, that scares the fuck out of me about zombies. Yeah. It, I mean, it's one of the things uh, in The Walking Dead in the very first beginning when Morgan's wife looks into the fucking peephole through the door and, you know, uh, and, uh, Rick's looking through it, and she just has that fucking emotionless face staring right into the camera as you're looking through there. Fucking nightmare fuel for about two solid nights for me seeing that. <laughs> just that. Just that alone. That fucking empty look in her fucking eyes and you're just like, fuck, that's scary. Oh, well, you know, when you deal that with that every day with living people in your family, you get used to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, alright. So, anyway, and uh, Kaufman looks like he is getting ready to leave. His, uh, his butler's like, are we taking the boat? And he goes, well, I'd rather take Dead Reckoning, but it doesn't look like it's available. Uh, we cut back to Riley and crew. They do get there first, and they get set up. Now we cut back to him. He's loading up money from their vault. Uh, Looks like he's taking everybody's money. He's taking money. everybody's money. He's taking all the money. Uh, we then cut to two ladies are making out, and uh, they get interrupted in and grabbed by the dead. And a taco stand. They're making out in a taco stand. Mm-hmm. What's the symbolism there? Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha. 
anyway, they are grabbed. And then we cut to um, uh, Riley tells the rest to wait for him. He's going to go out there and just confront Cholo face to face. Charlie's a little concerned when Riley leaves. And uh, uh, Pillsbury says, I like that man. You should go help him. Uh, so Charlie starts walking away. And then and Slack says, you should just go. I've got this. Uh, so Charlie starts going. And that's when uh, Pills, uh, Pillsbury and Motown wink at each other. And then Pillsbury knocks her the fuck out. Yeah, because she winks at him first. Like, yeah. we got this now. Good move. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, good yeah. move. And yeah. then he punches her out. because He's like, I ain't doing this. I, I really do like that man. Uh, yeah, this, this guy's a good guy. We're going to be fine. Uh, so he Charlie gets back. He has Riley's back. And he says, well, it's too late to send me away now. Here they come. And he says, just look friendly. And uh, <laughs> Cholo sees him and he says, you know, they're like, hey, there's Dunbar and his idiot. And they go, all right, well, open it up. And they go, what? And he goes, just open it up. So they open up and they fight both Charlie and Riley in being nice. And he was like, hey, Charlie, how's it going? And then they, you know, take him hostage. And as they have him hostage and they're kind of talking, Cholo says, you know, let's go and let's lock in the target. Uh, we're back in the city and it is under full attack. The dev are mowing through the living, causing nothing but bloody mayhem. We see Batgirl. Uh, he's uh, Big Daddy has her drop the bat and gives her a gun and then shows her how to use it. She starts shooting it and he guides her arm up, killing a fucking uh, army guy who's on the ground. Her expression on her face where she realizes what the gun can do is awesome. The actress plays that so well. She, that girl, for probably having her mouth barely able to move due to the makeup and whatever they had on there, yeah. did so much fucking work with her eyes that it was insane. Yeah, everything it, is in her eyes. The look of surprise yeah. and then like sheer glee. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah, because she can't really move her mouth very much. Because and then the, the way she moved right. her body, like it was just like, uh, you know, like she shook more when she was excited. And that that half grin that she does while yeah. she's shooting is fucking uh, terrifying. Uh huh. Yeah, it's fucking holy shit. The dead have learned how to use a gun. Great. This is fucking great. And, this is, and they can train others on yeah, how to use a gun. Yeah, yeah, we're we're all real fucked right now. Okay, everybody. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So yeah, we see a lot more people getting kind of you know uh, the one army guy has a grenade and our uh, butcher guy cuts off his hand and then the guy's body falls on top of his own severed hand holding the grenade and he blows up. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was neat. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so Motown wakes up, grabs a gun from the Woody and then she's making her way all around. Riley is talking to Cholo and he says, you know, if you hit the green, you know, you're going to kill a lot of innocent people and if you miss the green, you hit the city, you're going to kill a lot of our friends and that's when Cholo, you know, busts loose on Riley He's like, you know, who do you think Kaufman's been killing our friends? Every time I take out the trash, it's been one of our friends. You know, I've always, you know, we've been killing our friends this whole time. Uh, and he says, so too bad, so sad, sorry. And he's going to go ahead and he's going to go through with it. And uh, he doesn't right, put it that way, but I wouldn't put it past John Leguizamo to try and say it that way. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Just fuck this. I'm doing it anyway. Uh, Riley, however, is able to shut down the rockets from the remote he has. When Chola says, did you use your own remote to do that? He said, yep. And and then he throws it down to the ground, breaking it. Which so. basically means the six packs are locked regardless. Yes. So yeah, and everything's locked up and you'd have to unlock them manually. Uh, we then, as uh, Cholo is threatening uh, uh, Riley, uh, he Riley sees Motown in the video getting ready to shoot Cholo. So Riley saves him by pretty much kicking him out of dead reckoning. The bullet still grazes his side. Uh, it goes through his stomach, though. He gets Does, a, he, yeah, does he get a full shot? I yeah. thought it only grazed his side, but either way, that's still fucking that's painful either way 
Yeah. Um, I think it's like a spleen shot, basically, uh, yeah. where like he's going to bleed out if he doesn't do something about it. Yeah. It's bad enough to put him on his ass and shut up John Leguizamo's for once. Yeah, right. Uh, and then Motown is then jumped by a zombie and bitten on the face. Uh, at first, you see, like, in the theatrical version, it's very just a quick bite thing, and then all of a sudden her face is bloody. And this one, you actually see, like, skin getting torn off. It's way better done. Yeah, so. and you, he goes back for, like, seconds and thirds yeah. for his bites. Yeah. Uh, and they, uh, they, of course, shoot them both, and Charlie and Riley are able to gain control of Dead Reckoning again, get their guns back and all that. So um, Kaufman is now leaving the vault with two bags and is caught by one of his other business partners, the guy who he was like, you know, you're interrupting me right at a time with, you know, I'm talking about how easily people can be replaced. He says, where you I always go- got the feeling that was his kid. No, no, that's just another business partner. Yeah. But he talked to him like a kid. He, that's one thing I wanted to say about the one that, that last clip we played was that that's that's a that's such something a self-righteous shithead does like feel sorry for me for all this power i have it's such a heavy burden having all the power yeah you think i want all this power i really really don't you know all the while they do everything to keep all the power yeah but then they talk to you that's such a fucking shit move (laughs) sounds like someone that's liking being in charge but hating all of the spotlight of people shining the light on the things they do while they're in Mm -hmm. charge they're horrible exactly so rumsfeld as he's caught he tells the person uh the person goes what is that he goes the money he goes whose money he goes our money and he goes what's going on and then he tells the guy oh my god there's someone behind you as the guy turns around he kneels the guys down and shoots him in the head uh then right at that moment he gets a call and he's like we have dead reckoning back and he's like well i just wouldn't have done something i just did <laughs> you know, it's like shit <laughs> yeah that's unfortunate yeah because now i just did something that i wouldn't have done it you wouldn't have me normally earlier. done yeah. yeah and then he hears explosions and he's like you're a liar you don't have a back he's shooting at us now and that's when they all realize the dead are there and he goes to his classic line you have no goddamn right you know you have you, you have no right to do this you know right which is the kind of thing that someone like a rumsfeld or a trump would shout at the people that have been disenfranchised and their hometown has been destroyed and they're walking away to try and seek refuge slash revenge depending upon their motive you have no right else. yeah you have the rights to defy my charge uh we uh going back into the city uh and uh cholo and his men are going to go ahead and take the woody and maybe uh well uh, the gang the old gang with the dead reckoning are going to go to the city to help while cholo and his man foxy decide they're going to stay behind take the woody and maybe try to head to out an outpost in cleveland and they haven't heard from cleveland in a while but i think cholo is just under the impression that no matter who wins he's gonna die if he stays there yeah somebody's gonna somebody's gonna cap him yeah so he's burned every single bridge in this play and it failed and he knows it and he doesn't even have his leverage anymore exactly so uh, who's gonna let cholo live after he steals this thing and holds them all hostage yeah and then let's say okay let's say i'm surprised riley did yeah let's say the city falls or well I think Cholo knows that city won't fall because Riley will take dead reckoning and, and, you know, you'll help protect the city. But let's say all that happens. Everyone by now will know, you know, Cholo double crossed a lot of the people in the slums who he was supposed to be friends with. And has been killing off a lot of them. So yeah. they'll kill him. And Mulligan, if Mulligan finds that out, you know, Mulligan will have him shot. Yeah. You know, who goes Mulligan's somewhat the de facto leader of the slums. So yeah. it probably a lot of Mulligan's friends are people Cholo made, you know, who they thought they could trust Cholo because 
because it was one of them and he's killing them. Yeah, he was probably a mole and Kaufman wants him gone because he knows all of Kaufman's dirty secrets. Yeah, so if Kaufman wins or survives, he's going to definitely still try to have Cholo shot. Yeah, Cholo's fucked no matter what and yeah. anybody who helped him, that's why his little boy's leaving with him. Yeah, uh, we go back to more carnage and we see the Tom Savini machete biker zombie. Yeah, he made it out of the mall and now he's out here having some fun. That's a long walk from Monroeville and no wonder it took him like 30 some odd years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, of course. It's just yeah. going to be a long ass time. And a much more beefy Savini because he's yeah. been lifting some weights. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah, That t-shirt don't fit the same no more. Yeah, but In he, a good way, though. Yeah, they did make sure that they got him in the same type of outfit. They even yeah. put like a rotted belt around his leg and stuff. Oh, yeah. And the fact that he has the, the machete. In the, I mean, it's all the same. You tell it's supposed to be him. So. Yeah. And they gave him a little hero moment where he pushes the guy off to the side, stands there, and then cuts him in two right down the middle. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I can forgive the bad CG because that was cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Riley explains that the fences will what was meant to keep the people safe is now going to trap them in the city. Driving home the point we were making earlier that the wall works both ways. He calls uh, the the station by the electric fences that we saw earlier in the film. They state that they've tried to take him down but they're still hot and they can't do anything about that and they called when they called the relay station no one answered and one other army guy runs up he goes they're on their way here and he goes and well guess what there's no one here either and they all abandon post bitches so yeah when you're trying to save your life you know yeah you're gonna just when you don't want to be torn apart by a massive horde yeah i would submit to you that very few people want to be torn apart by a massive horde i mean you're one and that's about it (laughs) no even i don't want that oh really oh okay i thought that was one of your fetishes i'll have to double check the list but i'm pretty sure that's not it which i still do not judge you for any of them so you could kind of judge me for that one (laughs) uh so riley states though and they talk about why not use the throat and he goes if we use the throat we're going to be right it's a war and we're going to be right in the middle of it and they you know not even dead reckoning can help they'll probably do more harm than good if they came up through the throat which they could because it's open so then they find a drawbridge that's left up and so they figured that one they can use and it will bring them in outside of the city so they get ahead there uh, let's see. Cholo, uh, Cholo and Foxy are walking in. They hear a Z rustling about. So they split up and Cholo is able to take him out. And then as he backs up asking, uh, telling Foxy, did you see that? Uh, a zombie kind of like, almost like, looks like this zombie looks like it's almost so old. It, it's integrated into the plant life wall that's there. Did you <laughs> kind of see that? Like, yeah, kind it's of. like grown into the vines and everything. Sort of. Yeah. And it launches its head out and bites Cholo right on the hand. Cholo kills it. And when Cholo kills that zombie that bit him. I thought he took all of his spikes out uh-huh. and killed him in the original movie because it kind of gets fuzzy on my monitor. Okay. And I was going to note that like, oh my God, it's, you see, he's done and now he's used all, you know, all his weapons are gone too. Like he's exposed now and he's just going to die. But he had a whole nother thing of spikes. He had two, two of he them. He does use a whole thing, but he does but have a whole other one. He has a whole him, nother yeah. one. So it kind of ruined that. As he's sitting there, uh, Foxy says, how do you want this done? You know, thinking about, hey, you want me to put you down? And Cholo says, no, that's okay. I always wanted to see how the other half lives. So Cholo wants to turn. Uh, Riley finds, uh, they find the drawbridge and they're going to be able to use that one. Uh, Well, we cut back now and there's more carnage. We see somebody, none of this was in the theatrical release. Somebody, a zombie grabs a person's lip and starts pulling their entire face off their head. Yeah. Which I thought that was a fucking cool effect. There's a lot of little winks and nods that go back to Day of the 
Dead and Dawn of the Dead and some of those types of feeding frenzies. Yep. There's even a couple of references to Night of the Living Dead, like the first one that you saw with Brubaker, yeah. where Brubaker's re- eating right off the bone and so are the other guys. Yep. That was more like a Night of the Living Dead yep. feeding with, frenzy. Yep. They have little winks and nods and hints to it in the unrated version, which is much better. Yeah, and then yeah, guts are showing, you know, spilled out and being torn out of people, and it's really awesome. Uh, Big Daddy sees a zombie on fire, and this kind of goes back to the very first one for fire is still a thing and apparently can cause them pain where we think they couldn't feel pain because that zombie is kind of screaming while on fire yeah sort of so maybe fire either it causes them pain or they're so scared of it and he's on fire he's like holy shit i see nothing but fire uh, probably a little bit of both but yeah. I, I would just say too that that's just to drive it home that he's putting him out of his misery yeah so big daddy does put him out of his misery and kills him so uh then he finds a jackhammer and he takes it it's still going off and he's fucking loving that thing <laughs> yeah it's almost like uh the destruction that it does he's really happy because he's like oh i can use this he's yep. real glad that he found it and then he walks and it unplugs so it stops and he's like hey uh wait a sec but then he starts hitting it against the ground he's like oh it's still pretty useful i'm still gonna take this yeah, he's like i can make this work yep this plot device jackhammer yes right uh and then at that point uh we see the rest of the dead start picking up weapons shovels you know one finds an axe piece of know, pipe piece of pipe yeah. our tambourine zombie throws away his tambourine for a weapon picks up a wrench yeah yeah i thought so, there was a little reference to day of the dead there when the one pulls the shovel out and it's a bunch of coal yeah right yeah 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 uh so they all have weapons and they're all running and then we see what what does somewhat give me the heebie-jeebies but would be way worse if they actually just fucking showed it instead of it's a shadow of a hand and then two zombies both grab you know the uh one grabs the index middle finger the other one grabs the ring finger the pinky and they tear the arm apart yeah that way like almost like you know wishbone i think that would have been way cooler if they just would have made an arm and showed it instead of a shadow they did that one in the silhouette because that was primarily featured in the r-rated version and they showed just the shadow version of it the yeah. extended version is the whole thing yeah the shadow works better than the extended version oh well. and i would say if they fully lit it it probably wouldn't look that great either oh i got gotcha. you. Uh, it's really hard to do bisecting effects like that uh, okay. and have it work oh uh, i guess yeah you're probably right it it's really still, is it's, it's really it's hard to do still gives you heebie-jeebies when you see it you're like ooh that's gonna not yeah the feel thought good. of it being ripped in two yeah. like that is and if really... you're still alive while it's doing you yeah. know fuck yeah it's really gruesome you won't be alive by the end of it uh, <sighs> maybe no shock would most likely your heart would explode from the shock one would think. hope that yeah. you wouldn't survive that exactly uh but then who knows uh anyway let's see cholo decides to go find kaufman himself to want to try to end this and finish this before he turns so foxy drops him off and he's starting to take the tunnels back into the city uh the dead get to the green and they start using their weapons on the glass to break to get in and now the secured glass or the not necessarily bulletproof but the reinforced glass does not hold up very well to a unplugged jackhammer and several hardcore weapons hitting at it and probably the weight of the massive of the dead who are all behind them you know well yeah it finally gives whenever big daddy cracks it and then hits it again and puts the thing all the way through and then the whole glass gives up yep and uh and i have this in my notes it's time to eat the rich literally (laughs) yes and there is one effect in here i thought they could have done i thought i was getting ready to get seen more of uh and then but it's the same as the theatrical version that was when the the, there's a belly button ring a woman's wearing it gets ripped out by a zombie with teeth and a pool of blood starts but i was i was and that's in the theatrical version i was kind of hoping for more in this version yeah i was kind of waiting to see if they like really gouged in there but there's more blood in this version but the belly button ring being torn out by the teeth and then 
him realizing it's not something he yeah. wants to eat. He spits it out. That's all that was. Yeah, I wish it would have. That made me wince seeing that be ripped out, though. See, that did, too. It winced, but I thought maybe I'd see more, like, you know, the, now the guts being torn out of her stomach Like, and stuff. using the ripped-off portion of skin to grab and yeah, tear more. Yeah, and just start tearing more out. I just think they had more stuff they had to get through besides that. Probably. But that's still, it was still pretty cool. It makes you go, ooh, owie. Yeah, anybody that's ever had any kind of piercing tugged knows how bad that would probably hurt. Probably, yeah. Riley goes to get the bridge down, so he's working with the controls there, and then uh, as he's getting to the door, Slack shoots it. He goes, what the fuck are you doing? She goes, making myself useful. By almost hitting him with a fucking chain gun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fucking, yeah. What the fuck, man? People think. Um, anyway, people, uh, some regular citizens are now running for the fences, but one of them has everyone stop, and they are still hot. He throws a stick onto him. Now, here's my thing, though. Piece of pipe. Yeah. Here's my thing. A lot of these fences, like the wires, seem to have massive openings uh-huh. that I feel like if you're a human being and smart enough, you could probably have fit yourself through to get out. Yeah. And none of them try. No. Okay. All right. Just want to, I want to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> so you've thought of that too. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it pisses you off as well. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> they could have done a little bit more of like at an electrified chain link fence at some point inside the wires that would keep them in there. Yeah. But they don't even try, mostly because the guy in the suit tells them there's no point. Yeah. Which is really heavy listen- handed with the symbolism uh-huh. of being led by some jackass in a suit. Exactly. Yeah. And listen, there's some lady who has a little kid there. I know for a fact that little kid could have gotten through all that fence is just fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Could yeah. have been saved. You could have cut the wires too, even though the wire runs a shitload of volts as long as you're not grounded you could have done it yeah right there's a way that fucking linemen deal with live wires all the time exactly you know they know how to handle it and they know how to not be grounded anyway so they're quote unquote trapped <laughs> uh the dead start surrounding dead reckoning believe it or not they nobody can get a shot from the guns on them and then uh, here's what they makes me go oh is where they're running the fingers and dead reckoning and their fingernails are all starting to peel back and yeah. all that sh- oh yeah fuck. that's gruesome oh that was a good one i was like all right nice yeah and while he's dealing with what he's dealing dealing with the dead reckoning is basically getting surrounded yeah and you see where if the place if the thing stays still for too long and they get swarmed it's a problem yes not that it can't move over them it's just that it can be a problem even with this vehicle getting swarmed not every the guns don't have every angle of the vehicle covered yeah it's designed to roll yeah so anyway it can't do its job if it's not in motion that well uh then riley gets the bridge down but then is attacked by a greg nicotero zombie because it's greg nicotero you double checked? He, yeah, I double checked. He played Bridge Zombie, so I'm assuming that's him. Okay, that's Greg Nicotero, though. Yep. Yeah. Uh, after he kind of throws him back, he goes, now you can shoot him, but of course no one's paying attention to Riley They're right now. They're distracted to the back corner of the yeah, bus yeah. that's covered in, or the Dead yeah. Reckoning that's covered in fucking Zeds. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, they're thinking of Riley, too, because they're like, Riley can't get back in here either if this place is surrounded like this. Yeah. So then he still is fighting with the zombie, and he throws the zombie over, and as the bridge continues to come down, he kind of puts his head over there and lets the bridge decapitate the zombie for now, him. What we just said, there's nothing worse for a Zed than being just a severed head that can't do anything. Yeah. How about a severed head dunked under a mass amount of water that oh. can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, that one's just over for a long time for that one. Slowly being fed upon by fish. Yes. 
and things. Yeah. Oh, that sucks for him. <laughs> yeah. That is not going to help his weekend. That bridge zombie has got a shit fucking life left to him. Yep. Uh, then as Runley comes back over, he sees the dead starting to get to the front of Dead Reckoning. They tell him to go for the roof, so he shoots a couple of them and climbs up onto there. He tells Pretty Boy just to start driving forward. Well, Pretty Boy decides she's like, fuck this, and actually backs up, causing him to almost fall off a of fucking Dead Reckoning. Yeah, which... Just so she can blow them all away. Slack screams at him, what are you doing? <laughs> or what are you doing? Yeah. And then She's he's, like, I'm gonna shoot these bastards. Yeah, and then she backs out over a lot of them, and then Riley starts climbing up. Yeah. And then just as he starts getting leverage, she goes forward on him. Yeah, after throws she gets back down again. After she gets done shooting him, then she goes forward and he hits the he hits the window again. He looks at Slack and she's like, <laughs> and she's know. basically saying, "I'm sorry, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> she's doing. I don't know what the fuck's going on." Yeah. However, as they drive away over the bridge, we see there's still one with no legs hanging on one of the back ladders, climbing up. Uh, in scrubs, no less, right? Yeah, in scrubs. Yeah, red scrubs. Uh, back in the city, and we're back at that fence area with everybody else and then we see people go stenches here they come and they run away and a whole shitload of the dead are there coming right after them and dead reckoning they decide to send fireworks for the city and for a moment it appears it works as all the dead look up and just start watching the fireworks until one distracted looks, once again from the patriotism until one looks down and then the rest look down and most of these zombie faces are awesome there's one guy who gets like this angry look like he's like getting real like huffing puffing and i'm like dude you're not supposed to be breathing <laughs> but other than that everyone else looks like has these again these very vacant not angry not happy just kind of like dead eye look i mean dead person looks and they start continually the march well zombies still breathe they still take in air and they go out and that may be an un, like a, a reflex that his brain remembers from when he actually was uh, agitated yeah maybe because the one you're talking about is kind of like the lead that tricks everybody else into doing it right no 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 the one who first decides to look away from the yeah. fireworks he has just this blank look on his face now he gets a little bit of a like a what the fuck i've been distracted from this the whole time kind of thing is you i got that feeling from him yeah maybe maybe yeah. a little it's almost kind of like the maybe it was more like a what the fuck was that anyway back to eating <laughs> well, the, the basic idea is they're waking up from their horse shit that's been distracting them all along with the patriotism, yeah. and they're seeing what's right in front of them and who the real enemy is, and then they go after them, and they eat the rich. Yes, and they continue <laughs> their march. Uh, back in the green, uh, there's still just tons of more chaos happening, and we see Kaufman actually comes out with his butler. Uh, he's like, oh my god, he's like seeing it, and then Big Daddy sees Kaufman, he starts walking up, and he goes, yeah, no right, and like a fucking idiot, he wastes all his ammo shooting at him not really hitting anything i mean he hits big daddy in the chest but that doesn't do shit all it does is uh, piss him off yeah and as butler drags him away uh they get down to the garage and kaufman gets into his car tells his butler to be careful open up the garage door the bags are still out there and everything and as he's kaufman tries his phone his little walkie-talkie phone but now this is really bothering him because this is the only time he loses his real cool because now there's no one on the other end where there's always been somebody waiting for his call everybody's either dead or ran away or it's just not working right yeah so the slight inconvenience of him not being able to tell people what to do is what's driving him nuts yeah and as he sits there and then all of a sudden he sees big daddy striking the car his butler runs away and one of the best lines of the movie get back here you got the fucking keys yeah you idiot you got the fucking keys <laughs> i mean while he's being attacked by zombies you got the fucking keys um so then uh big daddy finds a gas pump 
up and he starts laughing because it's just like the, probably the irony of the whole thing. Here's our first zombie who gets irony. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, because he's like, sees the gas pump and he starts laughing. I think it's also the first time you see a zombie laugh. Yeah, well, I think it's one of those things where he's like, this is what I was born to do. This is how I'm going to get my revenge, kind of. Yeah. And so he uses the gas pump and starts like slamming against the car window and he gets it through the front car window and then he starts pumping gas and now gas is just pouring into there. And then... Well, he also, I think he has a recollection of seeing the fire pot that was on those streets. Yes. And then he knows what he can do with it and he, he just formulates a plan. Yeah. Where he hatches a complex scheme for a zombie here. Exactly. Yeah. And he leaves. That allows Kaufman to get out of the car. He gets up to the bag and he finds, you know, he checks on the money and gets a clip for his gun. And then all of a sudden, uh, one of those little arrows of Cholo's is shot at him. He looks and because up. he missed, we already know what's happening. Yeah, Cholo we already know. And he's yeah. also in the shadows, so you can't see him. You just see his outline. Kaufman shoots at him a lot uh, after calling him a, a, a really bad uh, fucking name. For racial a, slur? A racial slur, yeah. yes. Which, you know, tells you all you need to know now about Kaufman. Like, you didn't guess already that he'd be a racist. The dude had a black manservant. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, you didn't know yeah. that he wasn't already. And he basically made him dress like a step and fetch it kind of character and from the. Made him dress those... in all white and all that shit. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's racist as fucking shit, that yeah. Kaufman character. Uh, and anyway, he shoots in Cholo. He shoots Cholo a couple times and he, Cholo falls to the ground. He goes back to his bags and finds the keys. And as he raises up, well, there's Cholo right there again. I don't know. He gets the bags to the car. He's kind of getting things together. Turns around. Cholo's there. And he goes, you're supposed to be dead. And Cholo walks into the light and Cholo is dead. He is uh, now a zombie. He's all bubbed up. Yeah, he's all bubbed up. And I love to you're supposed to be dead. Oh, holy shit. You are dead. Yeah. Hopper <laughs> and, plays that perfectly. Yeah. And as Cholo is trying to attack Kaufman and trying to bite him, all of a sudden we see that can of fire rolling down the ramp and you see Big Daddy there. And as, you know, Cholo's staring even at the little fire thing that's now it's caught onto the gas. Kaufman screams. They both blow up and Big Daddy has a look of, well, I, not really satisfied. He's not smiling, but just a look of maybe job finally fucking done. Yeah. Mission accomplished kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, but he's not happy about it. It's just like, it's a matter of fact of this is done. I, I can go home now. He does kind of like have like a celebratory, like grunty noise that he makes yeah, right uh, after mm, he does it. Yeah. And then just kind of walks off. So he's just like, okay, that's very mission accomplished. much. It's very much how Bub looked when he allowed Rhodes to be torn in half. You like know, he right before he salutes him. Yeah. 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 yeah that just looked like hmm, it's done. I would have loved it if he would have saluted Big Daddy. Just been like, mm. it wouldn't have fit for Big Daddy. To yeah, do it. probably not. Uh, but he does the uh, when yeah, he lifts yeah. his head back that his character has been doing all along. That's so it right. Works. Uh, the rockets are now ready and they and they drive up. But now they've come to the carnage as they see all the people are being torn apart by the dead. You hear people screaming and uh, you see like muscles and all this stuff being torn. Uh, so they uh, he instructs Charlie to blow it all up. They're like, what about those people? He goes, those people are dead. So they do. They launch a couple of rockets, blowing all this shit up. And they all believe they're kind of sitting there really sad because they believe they're too late until after they blow everything up, a whole bunch of survivors emerge safe and unharmed. People that know how to survive on those streets for impending zombie yeah. breaches because they probably lived through it before, they're all fine because they went and hid in places that they could hide from. I was about to these say, things. I was about to say, some of those tall buildings were in the safe zone, man. If you, like, for some reason had a room in one of the outskirt buildings, tall buildings, the dead were so excited by the living being down there on the ground, yeah. none of them were going to go up 
there. You could have spent a whole shit ton of time up there. I have a feeling that all the people that fled and tried to flee through the throat and the fences, that was the escape plan that they had from the green, and that's what they were doing. Yeah. But they didn't realize that they could get through the fences that way. Yeah. Or that they had another place that they could hide. Yeah. More than likely, those people went into tunnels or various other places to hide that survived. So it was literally the rich that got eaten there, is yeah. the way that I look at it. Or the privileged there were, I mean, people. there are, of course, a few probably non-privileged people who got eaten, like the two lesbians who were making out in the taco truck. Right, but, but they were out in the open. Yeah. It's, there are fewer out in the open. Once the yeah. thing really got going, it was mainly probably, it was mainly after the attack had been sustained. It was mainly the rich, the army, and then maybe a few road workers, like guys who were working, like construction guys who got whacked. The bourgeoisie and then anyone who was proletariat that just happened to be there, un- like unfortunately, were yes. there and got eaten by the zombies who were the masses of the really serious unwashed. <laughs> yes. Riley and uh, Charlie and, uh, uh, Slack come out and they see Mulligan and his son and they're leading people who, and these people are getting ready to move into Fiddler's Green. They got their suitcases, all their stuff and, you know, guns and everything and Mulligan's like, uh, you staying or going? And Riley's like, I'm going. He goes, you? And he goes, I'm going to see, you know, what we can do with it. He goes, you should stay and, you know, we just think of the things we could do and he goes, ah, I just think about the things we could become if I if we stay. So, then Charlie goes, can we go to uh, Canada now? And he goes, yeah, if there are no objections and uh, I believe uh, Slack says, yeah, maybe we'll even bring you with us. And that's when Riley goes, yeah, I could be useful. He said, I'll try and make myself useful. Yeah, I'll try to make myself useful. Yeah, which was it kind showing, of lame, but well, yeah. yeah it, Riley's whole character arc has now come to maybe he can care about people again after he saw he saved people and maybe what not caring about people can do when he saw the carnage. Yeah. I mean, that's what the movie's doing. It's, it's I know, there should be no redemption yeah. for his character with this shit, but that's what they did. He whatever. should just go off alone and be like, you know, everyone else have fun. I'm just going to take a yeah. car and leave. Well, no, he should have taken dead reckoning with everybody like he fucking did. Yeah. But yeah. it shouldn't have that whole bullshit dialogue. Nobody changes overnight with one event. Anyway, with like that. No, it doesn't happen. Back in dead reckoning, we still have one last jump scare as that zombie with no legs falls through, lands on like pretty much the engineer guy. Uh, as they, they hear a gunshot as they run back, the door opens and pills throws the zombie out, looks at everyone and says, now we can go. Both jump scares were lame. Yes. As they get into the dead reckoning riley and um uh, pretty boy see uh big daddy and all the rest of the gang uh pretty boy's gonna go ahead and shoot him but riley stops her and says they're just looking for a place to go same as us and then he says fire off the rest of the fireworks we're not gonna need them because they're useless and as they head off north firing off fireworks roll credits One of the things that my wife pointed out was why would you fire them off? Because just because they stopped working for these zombies doesn't mean that they wouldn't work for others. Exactly. But That's I think the what, first thing she pointed out when they did that. But the idea is the patriotism is useless now. Yeah. So just get rid of all of the symbols of the patriotism at once. And also what Riley's thinking is because the whole thing is he wants to go up north. And from the sounds of it, maybe not even the dead are up north anymore. Like there's nothing up north. Well, if you get cold enough, the dead are going to freeze in their tracks and won't be a problem anyway. Yeah. Which and, the north tends to get that cold. And maybe it's because everyone's been flocking so maybe there's not a whole lot of dead because if there's nothing up north like people that means the dead would have stalked where the people were heading if they were heading south more than likely yes yeah. Yeah. so the also the idea is why cause attention to ourselves we don't need the fireworks especially if they already have dead reckoning the fireworks are for the looting or yeah. to save people if you only had a small group and you're all going to be probably living kind of in dead reckoning or around it you're probably going to be all right yeah and especially with this group in, in 
you know, of survivors. They kind of know the lay of the land, you know. I could tell differences, and maybe it's because I just am coming off Day, which I felt I felt Day was way better done. And I'm not saying Land is even a bad movie. It's a good movie, just compared to the previous three. Uh, and I think the one thing that I don't like is that he relied a little bit on CGI. So I have those complaints we, as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 one of my... If you, I don't like... If you're going to show me a gore fest movie, fine. But if that gore fest is half CGI, I don't really care. It, it doesn't look real. I can tell. It, it doesn't have the same effect on me. Well, we'll get into it a little yeah. bit more. It's not the CGI gore that bothers me. It's just the way that it was done in this film just felt like afterthoughts of just throwing things in or like just trying to hurry it along in the shoot and try and save money. And then they just did the effects as cheap as possible because there's CGI gore effects that like in Shaun of the Dead that look significantly better and are much cooler than what are in this film. Yes, there's that, a lot no, of that's that. true. Yeah. And again, I'm going to go back to studio interference and things like that. That's making me think that that's the problem. Yeah. And you can tell somebody this came out right at the beginning of, you know, what I would call zombie fest that has kind of is starting to taper off, but not really. But zombies weren't all that big in pulp culture or anything. They've kind of fallen off the map to other horror genres. And in 2004, it, this came out in 2005, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. And in 2004, it, the kind of tide switched and people started paying attention to those old Romero movies and other zombie movies. And zombies started becoming more of a Well, you're overlooking the influence of the video games like Resident Evil and everything like that. Yes, the Resident the, Evil the, video, the Resident Evil franchise brought it back. The movies actually started piquing interest in it and people started thinking that they were zombie fucking experts because of that stuff. And it brought in an interest because of assholes like you and me going, Romero's the king! Yes. <laughs> and what happened was studio execs got a hold of Romero, said, uh, you got a final film to make? Let's make it. However, they knew they can inject it and ruin it because they knew they can make a profit out of it anyway and say it was all them because they were going to live off of George Romero's name and the name Land of the Dead and know that was the fourth installment. And really what they're looking for was franchising toys, video games, in which they released both for this movie. Well, all movies now are franchised, even if they were never intended to be yeah, there's toys for But shit. I mean, that's they, I mean, stuff, yeah. that was really something that they were looking at majorly to do. I mean, you know, Dead and Reckoning, all that. Also, Universal Studios is well yeah. known for this type of horse shit. Yes. Look at the, they've been trying to reboot and try and do this crossover universe based on the Universal Monsters. Yeah. Uh-huh. And literally at every turn, they have made the wrong choice to do that. Yeah. I mean, every single turn. Yeah. The biggest problem I have with the score is it works perfectly for a Resident Evil movie. It doesn't work for the kind of pace that George does. No, it doesn't. It feels like the score is rushing the movie a the George, whole way through. A George Pace should have mainly build up of suspense, a lot of it with a few breaks of you know, action and stuff, but mainly it's all building up to the final, pretty much the final like 10 minutes of the movie where everything just explodes. Somebody should have explained that to the editor then. Exactly. Fucking A, right? <laughs> we've talked about where the big disappointments are. We've talked about where the good things are that we've liked about it. Yeah. My biggest issue is that watching this film and this, this is my final, final thought. My biggest issue with watching this film is I see the potential of what it could have been had they just given Romero the money and stepped the fuck off and let him do what he wanted to do Yeah, and then demanded an R-rated cut for it where they have to cut the stuff down for theatrical release. Yeah, But they totally, obviously did not do that. There's several things about this that you can tell that 
that Romero compromised, and it breaks my heart because he's a man renowned for making the tough choice to never compromise what it is he wanted to create. Yeah. I mean, he did a little bit where he's like, okay, well, I can't get that much money, so I'll make it work for what I have. That's why Day of the Dead turned out the way that it did. Yeah. He made it work for the money he was able to get. Part of me wishes maybe instead of jumping for Universal, he just would have held off another couple of years when the zombie peakness got really rabid. And I think any- we were all clamoring for yeah, it. Though. I don't know. No, I, uh, and we got just exactly part of me, what we were. That, that's what I'm saying. Part of yeah, me wishes we maybe we didn't that. clamor it so much. And just if it could just been waited another two years, some other studio probably would have picked him up. It would have been like, let's just give you money and you do what you do. This zombie thing's becoming huge. And it, 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 if we can just have a Romero flick, that would be awesome. So you do what you do. And I think he probably could have gotten somebody to do that for him. And we could have gotten it. But it, well, it is what it is. His experience on this film is what caused us diary and survival yeah that's what happened because he wanted to do those on his on his, his own regardless yeah. of the budget awesome. that's what he went back to and do. i know you don't like it i love diary but yeah you're right with survival but the other problem is too at his age that he's at now he was so out of touch that what he was trying to do and the things that he was trying to comment on and the way he was trying to do it he compromised to do it so therefore he undercuts everything that he's trying to do yeah with the statements that he's trying to make it feels like for me and it just basically feels like the major pop punk bands being released on the major labels talking about damn the man and fuck corporate rock. Yeah. It's like, no, you are fucking corporate rock. Mm -hmm. Just because you say fuck a corporate rock doesn't mean that you're punk rock. Your money's still coming from the money going into your pockets coming from corporate rock. You're still signed to DGC. Yeah. You fucking hypocrite. Yeah. Just uh, part of me always wishes that will always wish that uh, he could have made his actual script for Day of the Dead. What he really wanted to do for Day. And there are parts that we got to see of some of the things like that we really loved about this movie were the things that we got to see that were promised in the Day of the Dead script. Yeah. Like all the stuff that we talked about. And Dead Reckoning is fucking great. I loved it as a vehicle. I would have loved to have seen a TV series done like a Netflix Netflix, straight to Netflix series yeah. of the people surviving in Dead Reckoning when they leave. Yeah, just call it Dead Reckoning, for yeah. fuck's sake. Yeah, and it's just them traveling around fixing shit in the zombie apocalypse. It's the A-team, only in zombie apocalypse. Right. exactly. They go from town, there's no one place they stay, they go, and it's not, It's and there's no, like, what I loved about the A-team that makes it different from anything else, there was no main story throughout the entire season. It, each show was its own story. You know, there wasn't, like, some story interconnecting all of the shows. It's just, they went town to town helping people. Yeah, well, and the main story for this would basically be they drive around yeah. they run into they a group of people that need towns. help or they Every, run into a evil group that tries to steal dead reckoning or yeah, it does get or, stolen they have to get it back in the ways of the a-team or in the ways of star trek just episodes of essential point of characters in a in a van or a ship whatever going from place to place helping set things right if they're wrong and you know all that kind of stuff they're in a dead reckoning that leaps through time matt yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to write what <laughs> once went wrong <laughs> and hoping that each next dead reckoning will be, will the, be the dead, dead reckoning, reckoning <laughs> but not to Fiddler's Green. Not to Fiddler's Green. Fuck that place. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm, I'm all spent. I'm, I'm spent, done. dude. I'm done. I'm this tired. This is so fucking long. This is yeah. way fucking longer than I meant to talk about this fucking movie. Uh, but, I mean, it does get you talking about it. No, the, the symbolism is there. It's just so undercut for me, and that's the part that really bummed me out. Because a lot it. of the shit, it's like, we're like, oh my God, how fucking is it with current events right now? That, it's this, fucking horrendous. This is America right now. The threat yeah. of zombies is just immigration right yeah. now. It's an excuse to treat something that is human less than human. Exactly. That's all it is. <laughs>
Yeah. Yeah. And that's been so forced down. The the storyline has been so like forced down. And this was just in the Bush era that he hit it. And it's so perfect for now. Yeah. It bums me out. And yet it's still this compromised vision that bums just, me out even more. Just say when we were doing, if we could have done this in the middle of Obama's uh, 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 presidency, we'd be like, wow, thank God we don't live in that America, right? I mean, they got we got a decent president who wants good things for people. Yeah, but he was no fucking sane either. And I don't even want to get into it. We're just going to take a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. We're going to take a break here. We're going to play the ending Legion podcast promo. We're going to have some music befitting of Land of the Dead. When we come back, we will close out this overlong super diatribe, unbelievably soapbox fucking episode. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Mean Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. Which, if you really think about the themes that we were talking about tonight, that kind of makes sense. Yes. And we were talking about the haves and the have-nots and all of that horse shit. If you want to have, you can have all over our Legion Podcast landing page. <laughs> LegionPodcast.com, cinema-psyops. You got all the episodes right there for you to have all that stuff. It's all yours. It's all that stuff. And it's communal. It's very socialist because anybody can download it for free. So, yeah. you know, maybe run from that site. I don't know. You commies. But you can also...
also join our Facebook group and help Mark Zuckerberg get even more rich from turning you into an item which with he can sell. Facebook uh, dude, group that, that Cinema was a, PsyOps. That was a really good job selling our Facebook page. You're welcome. I mean, you told, no, I said it wasn't a good job. Really? No. I think it is. Man, I'd want to stay away from our Facebook page right now. No, you should get on Facebook so that you can become the item which is sold. I don't. And while you're there being sold, you can join our Cinema PsyOps group and have a good time with a bunch of other people who are being sold. Listen, you might be an item being sold, but you're going to get to enjoy some of the greatest of memes. <laughs> right. We have such memes to show you <laughs> in our Facebook group. You can find me an object to be sold and sold to Court PsyOps on Facebook. Matt is also an object to be sold to and sold as Matt PsyOp. You can I email can be bought. I want can, to know that. You can email feedback to Matt at the giant corporate conglomerate that is Gmail, PsyopMatt at gmail.com, where he is being sold and bought currently. Yes. You can also contact him about how much his rates are for buying and selling them. It's pretty fucking cheap. You can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com, because he is also for sale, because we all are, and our value is cheap, cheap, cheap. We're all whores in this world. Due to the rising costs, however, our dirty deeds will no longer be done dirt cheap. They cannot be done dirt cheap. But I promise you this, you will not find dirty deeds done at any more reasonable prices than what we offer here at Cinema Psyops. They, they are dirty deeds done dirt very reasonable prices. You can also tweet dirty tweets <laughs> to a couple of twats. <laughs> I am court underscore psyop and he is at psyop Matt. Also, our Instagram, which is linked to our Facebook page, where we are once again just an item to be sold or selling is cinema <laughs> underscore psyops. Are you becoming an influencer now? <laughs> I guess so. That one post hit over 80,000 and now I have to do two-factor authentication on Facebook just to sign on now because of that. Jesus. Yeah, they made me get like a separate fucking app and all of that shit. That's fucking awesome. Because now I'm a product and producing all that is out there. Yeah. And while you're out there buying, selling, trading, and being a product that is also sold, kick the fuck out of your masters this week and make them your bitch. a stripper in the corner with some tits out for the PsyOps boys? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Clip. And also a thing I'm requesting. Yeah, please. It's a thing. Thank you, David. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is a thing. It's a thing. Definitely a thing. I don't think we would be able to do our jobs here if we had a stripper in the corner with tits out. It would be like this. Uh, so some stuff. Our happened. entire show would be talking about the boobs. That'd be it. So that's kind of what our show's about now. Anyway, it'd be like. So anyway, uh, they have this thing. They call it the throat. And anyway, the throat bounces and gyrates in such a way with the music. And it's that, rosy colored. And it's rosy colored. And, and when the throat slaps itself, 
on the back end. It makes a nice little red handprint. Wait, what am I talking about again? <laughs> I bet you could cut glass with that. <laughs> with the throat? Sure. This was a terrible idea. We're never doing this again. <laughs> we can't do this. Although, who's going to tell her to leave? <laughs> I'm real good at that. I'm <laughs> Court's real good at telling women to leave. I believe the exact phrase that I use is, your money's on the dresser, baby. Court's real good at telling women to leave after he's used them up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Freely admit that. Uh, you ever wonder what it's like if a cab driver had a one-night stand? How can he put his money out there? He is the cab driver. I don't know, but I'm going to have to watch more cab-based porn to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll find out. Yeah. But there's got to be cab-based porn, right? Oh, there is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's everything porn. Rule 34. Oh, yeah. yeah. If it exists, there's porn. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, man, Brewbreaker has a has a sad story, man. I don't want to hear his fucking story. Everybody's got a fucking story, man. <laughs> uh, fuck, that was well-timed. Well done. Um... <laughs> <laughs> totally busted you yeah, up. You just fucking, yeah, that's <laughs> just right fucked there. you over hard. Fuck, fucked me up pretty bad right there, man. <laughs> My dick's all in your brain, dude. <laughs> it's warm and squishy in there. <laughs> That's the alcohol, baby. It's <laughs> surprisingly ribbed for my pleasure. I turned it inside out. I'm fucking your brain pan. Uh, ribbed for her pleasure? No, nah, man, you turned that condom inside out. Now it's ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> that sounds like a David Tell joke. God, I don't think I heard it from David Tell. Thought I no, and I don't hear it from any comedian. It was something that we said as teenagers when you know we didn't know any better and thought we were being edgy and fucking cool. And we somebody somebody said it one night. I, it wasn't even me who said it, but somebody said it. So I've kept saying it till now because I've never really grown up from being a You've teenager. stolen it from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Alright, back to your notes. Figure uh, out where you were. Yeah.